0: tip today with Fran Curry Imro Radio Award Gold Winner
1: in association with Garage.ie.
2: Morning. Welcome along to Tip Today, 1800 938 007. That's our free phone number won't cost you anything to make a call. Emma is looking after the programme today. Coming up on this morning's show, we'll have a look at all that kite flying for the budget. Uh, listeners react to anti-vax comments and free school books for primary school kids in the budget as well. Um, there are plans to roll out card payments for parking metres across the county. We have one listener who's rather cross over that. Legal matters with uh, John Lynch. Tesla recalls one million cars with software issues, can you believe? And we have wonderful live music in studio. Miscellany of folk featuring the great Benny McCarthy and friends. And as I say, live music just uh, after half past 11 on the programme this morning. You can text and WhatsApp 83 You can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Now, as Pat told you, the government will announce a bumper budget later on today with uh, Pascal Donoghue getting to his feet about 1 o'clock or so. But none of it will come as any surprise because the details very widely available right across the newspapers this morning. And Ellie joins me in studio now to run through some of those details. Ellie, good morning to morning, you. Morning, friend. It looks like a giveaway budget. How much is being spent
3: uh, £10 altogether uh, being given away. Now, of course, a lot of this comes from the um, surge that they got in corporate tax rates as well this year. So we're in the money, but they are saying that a lot of that money is going to be saved. It's not all going to be blown on this year's budget. And what they've done is they've tried to to try and make everyone happy, if Mm. that's possible at all. So just, I suppose, welfare would be the main one because it probably affects everybody to, uh, to a certain degree. So... The welfare package itself will be worth about two billion. and that was agreed uh, reportedly agreed very late last night. So speculation is that the agreement means that there will now be a 12 euro increase in welfare payments. So that's in the old age pension, also in the uh, uh, the dole as well mm. essentially. So 12 euro of an increase there. There'll also be a double payment of welfare payments in either October or November. Um, So this is due to be announced today when that will be. And what's interesting in that is that the children's allowance will now be included in that double payment. That normally wouldn't have been included before. Uh, There'll also be a further double payment of welfare payments of the uh, Christmas bonus a double payment of child benefit and a €500 lump sum for families availing of the working family payment. There'll also be a €500 lump sum for carers. Now, this is due to be given to every carer in November. There'll also be a €500 cost of disability payment and a €20 increase of the domiciliary care allowance for sick children, meaning that payment will now be €320. The fuel allowance also included. That's set to be increased. And the threshold has been changed so that more people are now eligible.
2: It'll be interesting to see what the reaction to that is. Um, what about changes then to um, the tax situation, Ali? What can we expect there?
3: Well, the uh, government has earmarked more than £1 billion for tax measures, with Finnegale in particular pushing mm. for significant cuts to taxpayers' bills. So as part of this budget, the top tax rate will now only apply to income above €40,000. So at present, the higher 40% tax rate kicks in on income in excess of 36800 for a single person. So the changes could be worth about €800 euro to a single person or €1,600 to a two-income couple. It's also likely there'll be small changes to the USC and the PRSI to take into account the rise in the minimum wage.
2: The other big one has to be uh, energy. What about energy and transport?
3: So what they're looking at there is a €600 payment for household energy bills. Now, this is due to be split across either two or three payments, Mm. either side of Christmas. So we got one earlier in the year, of course, at €200. What they're saying is we'll have one more before Christmas and then two to help us with the spring um, late winter, early spring bills, mm. um, and the so
2: transport. Ali,
3: the transport then a twenty percent public transport fare reduction that was brought in. It will be continued to the end of twenty twenty three, along with additional youth travel fare reductions.
2: Housing is one of the biggies as well, particularly as suppose, where renting is concerned.
3: That's right, and they're set to unveil a five hundred euro tax credit for renters this year, with the same measure being repeated then again next year. So bringing the value of that measure then to a thousand euro, and the help to buy scheme for first-time buyers also said to be extended for another two years
2: the the vacant property tax that's something we've been discussing quite a bit as well what's what's the latest on that
3: it is now there hasn't been much out in relation to that we'll hear more later but what Mm. they're saying is that the rates of payment are to double the existing local property tax rate for the given property so under those plans owners will have to pay the vacant property tax on top of any existing local property tax payments. It will be double what they would be paying in the local property tax.
2: Interesting. Lots of expectation uh, where health is concerned. Uh, What can we expect to hear on that today?
3: Well, I suppose one of the main ones is that about 430,000 more people will become eligible for free GP care next year. They will qualify for the free GP visit cards. They haven't said what the criteria for that is yet. I'm sure Mm. more information will come out about that. Uh, Hospital inpatient fees will also be abolished for adults that should represent a saving for some of 800 per year and also a big one free contraception extended to women up to 30 that had been brought in for women between 17 and 25 now extended to 30
2: the one on the GPs that's going to cause a lot of controversy I would imagine because GPs are already overstretched to say the least now this is imposed uh, on them. So I guess we're going to hear a fair backlash from that, Ali.
3: Absolutely. And the problem had always been getting into a GP in the first place. Yeah. You know, that card doesn't alleviate that problem.
2: Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it seems to be similar to what happened with the school transports, that the, the freebies were imposed on uh, an already chaotic situation. But there you go. Uh, childcare, of course.
3: Childcare was a big one for parents. They're set to see childcare fees fall by an average of €1,200 Euro per year per child under the plan. But uh, I suppose the problem really with this, the crack in this is that. It, it the subsidies will only be paid to childcare providers under the scheme so it's no good for you know the the neighborhood childminder maybe if that's who you avail of uh but this is set to start from January of 23 and it, it could bring down uh, the cost of childcare by an average of 50% maybe over two years. They're saying this is the first right. uh, in in that measure to bring down the cost of Both childcare. As,
2: as you say, not all parents will be able to uh, benefit no. from, from that in in some way as well, which takes us on to education. Some good news in, in here for sure. Some
3: good news. And we knew that the kite that was flying earlier in the week was the, the free school books yeah. for kids at primary level, which is going to be very much welcomed by, by parents of students. And then university students um, also consider in this budget they will see a 1000 euro reduction in fees this year regardless of income and effective immediately next year a family earning 100000 will see a permanent reduction of 500 euro in fees and any family earning 60 under 62000 will pay no more than 1500 so anyone who has paid then can also um be back paid from September as well that's being brought in retrospectively you,
2: you you made the point to us downstairs in the office though that the really expensive books are in, 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 in se- the, yeah in secondary. you know
3: and to be fair primary school books even though you know of course it's a huge cost for many families each year the primary school books aren't that much of a hit it's the secondary school books are a killer
2: now we've been discussing policing over the last couple of weeks on uh, the programme. Traditionally in the budget, I suppose, Ali, we'd see an announcement about more Garda recruits in Templemore. What, what's the situation this year?
3: Well, the reports this morning are that Minister for Justice Helen McEntee has secured funding for the recruitment of 800 extra Garda and more than 400 new Garda staff. This will help to free up frontline Garda for core policing duties. There'll also be an increase in Garda over time to help the forest tackle crime and antisocial behaviour.
2: Now, tourism and hospitality, they may be the least happy with this? I think would, would you so.
3: Say? Yeah, what we're hearing is that the reduced 9% VAT rate for tourism and hospitality was due to expire at the end of February next year and the indication from government is that it will not be extended beyond this. This is quite surprising. Now, politicians were coming under intense pressure from the sector to rethink their plans, so there might be maybe an 11th hour U-turn on this. But at the moment, it looks like maybe tourism and hospitality will be the ones to lose out in this budget.
2: Right, but there is a lot of pressure I would imagine coming from, from that uh, particular Huge. sector and where business is concerned and again this is a very important one isn't it?
3: Yeah. There, now a number of schemes will be announced or due to be announced today to help businesses one of them I suppose the main one will be used to target small and medium enterprises it's the 1 billion euro temporary business energy support scheme this will cover 40% of the increase in electricity or gas bills up to a maximum of 10,000 per month per business Now, this will be administered by the revenue commissioners and will also be backdated to September and due to run until at least February.
2: And just finally agriculture what do we know uh, about that?
3: Well farmers will be able to access the uh, energy price support scheme and offer for businesses the one I just mentioned mm. up to a cap of 62,000 over a period it's due on offer it's it's due to state aid rules really and a new fodder support scheme will also pay farmers up to €1,000. And this will be an incentive to farmers essentially to save hay and fodder into 2023. There'll also be an €8 million grant aid scheme to support the spreading of lime. This is an interesting one. It'll be introduced to help farmers deal with high fertiliser prices on top of the new €10 million tillage incentive scheme that Charlie McConlogue uh, announced at the ploughing championship last week, so that's just some of them. There's there's a lot of other more detailed schemes coming in for agriculture. That uh, more on that is due to yes, be announced later,
2: and and we'll hear all of the detail on that at uh, one o'clock. And uh, Michael McGraw will follow. Uh, the address by uh, Pascal who as well so it's going to be an interesting day but it, uh, we seem to have most of the Yeah details I don't think we can expect are.
3: any surprises today we essentially know what's coming
2: uh, that's for sure Ellie thanks very thanks, much indeed uh, for that uh, how do you feel about that we'd love to hear from you 1800 938 007 that text and WhatsApp is 083 311 now yesterday we spoke to Richie about removing the label of anti-vaxxers from our everyday language and conversations and he took me me to task uh, specifically on that. Now, it sparked a lot of engagement from our listeners, and Stephen was in touch to share his views. Stephen, good morning to you. Hi, Fran. And good to talk to you today, Stephen. You said, I have been insidious uh, in demonising the people who did not get swept up in the hype all along.
4: Yes, yeah, on the anti-vaxxer points. Yes. You're calling people who didn't want to take this shot Anti-vaxers, mm. but the shot isn't a vaccine.
2: How do you mean the shot isn't a vaccine?
4: The shot is some nuke type of medicine. It's some type of mRNA gene therapy thing. It's not a vaccine at all.
2: Mm. Well, you know, I mean, worldwide, globally, by scientists and doctors, it's accepted as being a vaccine.
4: Yes, but a vaccine is a is a dead bit of dead virus, and you put it in a bottle, and and you inject it into somebody, and it works. And it had a great name for years. People believed in it, and people are mad to take a new vaccine. Mm-hmm. This thing isn't a vaccine. Mm-hmm.
2: And where, where where it, do you yeah. where do you get that kind of uh, information? Well,
4: not from you, friend.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, ho- I it, hope I hope not it, because it, it, I I wouldn't from, agree it, with you on that.
4: But what's not to agree with? Mm.
2: Well, tell, tell me where tell me where the source of, of the info is, Stephen. Because any info that I'm getting, I'm listening to people with scientific qualifications or doctors or medics in general. You you don't trust them, do you?
4: I tr- I do trust many doctors. yes. Yeah, but the, but the thing in, the thing here with COVID was that the government paid a lot of money to push COVID and the, their COVID response. And they they censored all the doctors and scientists that didn't agree with them. So we're only getting the ones that do agree.
2: And what do you mean when you say that they pushed COVID? What what do you mean by that?
4: I mean, it's a respiratory illness, a new respiratory illness that was going around that year. Hmm. But the COVID response was was something totally new and different. Right.
2: And I mean, if you just take... I mean, even if we leave this country out of it, if you look at the amount of deaths in places like... Italy, for example, where people were, you know, there were coffins piled up on trucks and stuff, they ran out of transport, they ran out of coffins, and uh, how would you compare that with a normal year?
4: Well, I think you'd have to look at the, the how many people died in a normal year. Hmm. Was the COVID year, was it more than a normal year?
2: But there was nothing normal about, you know, coffins being put on trucks and, you know, army trucks and stuff, because they they didn't have the capacity to deal with something like that.
4: Yeah, that was the thing. I saw that too. I believed it then as well.
2: You you don't believe that that was real?
4: No, no. I believed the whole COVID thing was a genuine thing back then as well. Hmm. Back when we saw the Israeli stuff, it was it was frightening. I believed it then too.
2: Right, and and what happened that that made you change your mind your mind on that, Stephen?
4: when when
2: the, when the extra deaths didn't materialise. Well, we were looking at some of that this morning and it's very hard to get, I, I agree with you on this point, it's very hard to get exact information on the numbers of deaths. Um, but it seems that right across Europe, if we leave everywhere else, right across Europe, I mean, there was a distinct wave of excess mortality on certain months. Now, it peaked on certain months in certain years.
4: Well, yeah, the, the flu every year.
2: Yeah, but that that's what I mean. Like, according to the stats, I mean, there were distinct waves of excess mortality that was different to any year.
4: Um, I, I don't know. I, I, what, what I've seen is that in Ireland, every year, roughly thirty thirty one thousand 31,000 people die. Mm. And the COVID year was the same.
2: Well, the death noses in the first two months of 2021 showed an increase compared with the same... Months in previous years. And the figures I have in front of me here from the CSO was um, over 400 more than the highest number of deaths recorded in any other January from 2018 on. So there was a distinct increase there, according to the but, stats. But yeah, but,
4: uh, but that's in a month. Like, if you even as over a year and see how did it go?
2: Well, my understanding, and God knows I'm no medic, but my understanding is that right across Europe and in this country, there were. Waves. Of, do you remember there were particular waves of it when the numbers were really uh, shooting up and then it would sort of relax again for a while and go on and then that would happen again. So that's my understanding of it. But obviously you disagree with all of that.
4: I, I, I don't disagree that there was a, a nasty bulk going around, the same as there often is. I disagree with the response. But, and I'd love the, the, I... but, but I don't want to, The response was the response, but the main, the main thing I have a problem with is um, calling the people who didn't want the experimental shot anti-vaxxers.
2: But uh, I, I don't mean that as being an insult. I mean, but I mean it as being accurate. I mean, if somebody refuses to take a vax that, that they're being advised to take for their own good, they're anti-vax, but that's not, that's not an insult. No, but but, but you see, it's it's not right, because I'm not anti-vax. So what should I call you for you to be comfortable with it?
4: I'm anti being a guinea pig. Right.
2: And you feel that anybody who took the vaccination or the boosters, that they're guinea pigs?
4: No, I think they were conned. They They were told they were taking a vaccine.
2: And who's doing the conning?
4: It's easy to find out, friend, is mm. the thing a vaccine or is it this new type of medicine, gene therapy, mRNA? And whoever is calling it a vaccine is doing the conning. Mm.
2: But, and, and and I'm genuinely curious about this. I mean, why would all the countries in the world, well, most of the countries, you know, damage their economies to such an extent if, if it was this kind of a con?
4: Well, because they believed it at the start. They believed this. Do you remember Leo Varadkar at the start and he stood up and he said this was going to affect 30% of us or something and, and uh, a lot of the people who got it were going to die and there was no cure. I yes. think they believed all that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, again, that was speculation as suppose, in a situation that we didn't uh, know about. Will you stay with me, Stephen, for a moment because Barbara wants to join us. Barbara, good morning to you.
5: Good morning,
2: Fran. Uh, good good to talk to you. You've been listening to, and to, you too. to Stephen there. Um, how do you feel uh, uh, about what he's saying to us about the vaccination?
5: Well, where I actually agree with you, I actually do call them anti-faxers. And it's not a word, it's not a rude word, but mm. that's exactly what I call them. Um,
2: and you don't mean that as an insult to people? No, me, they're, I don't. they're the people who've chosen not to Not take vaccines.
5: because okay. of their beliefs and everything yes. like that. But I got five vaccines. I got my last one in August the 25th. Now, they saved my life because I know if I didn't, you know, get them and I picked up COVID, I wouldn't be around.
2: Would you explain that to us, Barbara? Why? Because you have underlying conditions, is that Yeah, right?
5: I have asthma and COPD.
2: Right. And are you pretty certain... That if you hadn't vaccinated, um, that you wouldn't be speaking to me now.
5: No, because I had pneumonia before and I had swine flu, so that it damaged my right lung.
2: Okay, and Stephen is saying to us that this is some big con that we've all been taken in with. What What do you say to yeah, him? Yeah,
5: what I'm going to say to him, and I'm not be I'm not a rude person. He's deluded because. I mean, if you, like, you've seen yourself on the television, you've seen India. you've seen America, and those poor, you know, initially. Mm. I mean, did that not register? Do you know what I mean? That was horrific, what happened. I mean, what happened is horrific. Do you know what I mean, the pandemic? But to see poor bodies being piled up and nowhere to put them, Like, that was absolutely heartbreaking. It was like something in a horror movie. That's the only way I can describe it.
2: Stephen, do you want to take that? First of all, Barbara telling us that she feels that because of her underlying conditions, if she wasn't vaccinated, um, that she mightn't be here with us now.
4: I know know people who feel that way too.
2: Yeah. But do you think she's wrong, Stephen?
4: You say vaccinated that that's my issue, is that you say vaccinated when this thing is a new thing. This mRNA gene therapy thing isn't a vaccine.
2: Well it's, a, it's not it's not ge- it it's not, It's not gene therapy like well, For some kind of, a, of
4: a, it's it's not a vaccine. It's not a, a vaccine was always where you had a dead bit of a virus and they put it in the bottle in whatever they put it in. Mm. And you got that, and for for a long time, people had great confidence in that thing. Mm. But this thing that they're calling a vaccine isn't that thing,
2: right? But okay, let let me go along some of that road with you then, and say, okay, let's call it a drug, for example. And Barbara feels strongly that that particular drug has saved her life.
4: Yeah, but that's brilliant.
2: Right. Oh, but,
4: that's brilliant. I, I'm I'm. The thing I called in about was that you're calling those of us who chose not to get it anti-vaxxers. But But, we've all probably got all of our shots.
2: But but you're you're taking that as being an insult. I mean, in this case, you chose not to take this for your own reasons, and you're entitled to do that.
4: Well, you didn't ask me that, but yes, I did. I chose not to be part of it.
2: Yes. Well, you you alluded to that earlier on. I'm not assuming it. You, You alluded to it, so... And and you didn't take any of the vaccination.
4: Well, when they were calling them vaccines, but they're not vaccines. But Not vaccines. That's, that's and what. Could I ask you? Did you pick up COVID?
2: Did you pick up COVID at any point, Stephen? I've
4: no idea, Frank. I had colds. I had snots. I had flus. Right. It
2: could have been. It could have been COVID. For all you know, was that it?
4: For all I know, it could have been. It, it felt pretty much standard things I had before, I had a very bad flu a few years ago and what I had this last few years, I had a very bad flu maybe six or seven years ago and anything I had in the last two or three years ago was nothing like as bad as that.
2: Right. And do you know of people around you for example that were laid low with COVID, did they end up in hospital or?
4: I I know people similar to me that um, the only people I know who had it very bad was There uh, at the end of 2019, Mm. before all the hype started.
2: Right, and uh, did they end up pretty sick with this?
4: There was people who swore it was the worst flu they ever had. Okay,
2: okay. And does that not answer the question that this was different in some way? No.
6: Well, I mean, how,
4: how how different?
2: Mm. What uh, you, uh,
4: that to me answers that it's the same but,
2: but you, you told me it was the best the worst flu they ever had at the that's time they couldn't it, it. Yes. that's how
4: people described it but, that they were laid low for weeks no energy all of that kind
2: of thing still you haven't answered me though why would we allow ourselves to be conned with this I mean some of the brightest and best are coming out and saying this vaccination was miraculous you know
4: well that's uh, a great point I'm interested in that the COVID, there was no increase in deaths, but immediately following the, vac- the thing that's not a vaccine that you're calling a vaccine, there's a huge increase in deaths.
2: But you see, you don't have stats to, to prove that because we looked everywhere for stats at the moment and we can only find them up until uh, the end of last year, really, in reality. So, the end of uh, the, the end of 21, yeah. and that's showed distinct waves of excess mortality um, because of COVID. And that's that's all I can tell you from the stats in front of me. I'm no statistician, but I'm just telling you what I have here in front of me you know but yeah, but, well, but you're you're perfectly entitled. you you don't believe any of this. Do you think there's some conspiracy out there is there
4: well, you, you, you pointed to that yesterday as well you know you, the people who are just didn't want to be part of the the adventure with the new type of drugs you're calling us
2: conspiracy I didn't theorists. call you that, I didn't call you that. What I did was I pointed out that if you go online to find out anything, there's all sorts of conspiracies there. I didn't call people who choose not to get va- because there's so many okay. reasons why you might choose not to get vaccinated.
4: Well, yes, yeah, well, my, my reason was that the thing that's been called a vaccine isn't
2: a vaccine. Right, and you but believe you
4: that... Men- you, mentioned, you mentioned conspiracy <coughs> theorists. I'm not a conspiracy theorist either.
2: But where where did you get your info that has informed your opinion on this? Where where did that come from?
4: I listen to the same radio and TV that everyone listens to, but I don't. I don't feel. I don't. I actually. That's a very good question. I don't know why you trust the government. I I see the government as a continuing source of disappointment.
2: (laughs) Well, we would question the government on a daily basis, Stephen, in fairness, you know, um, constantly. And I get critiqued for that as well, because we constantly pull them up on all sorts of uh, stuff. I mean, there are are aspects of how this was dealt with I would have some serious issues with. And I think when we look back on it, the big tragedy would be how older people in nursing homes are dealt with. I think that was really, really unfortunate. Yes, scandalous. Yeah, so I have no problem critiquing aspects of this in the least, you know.
4: Yes, but th- that's where we differ. Then uh, I also, uh, you, you criticise government brilliantly, often. But wh- why did we suddenly start trusting them then? I'm wouldn't. i I'm not saying that they're corrupt. I'm saying that they're, they're, they're always... D- deluded in some ways, things. is that it? I'd say they always make a bag of things. They do their best, but they just can't help being crap.
2: Barbara, can I ask you, why did you choose to... Believe uh, as as Stephen might call it the the single narrative on this. Why why did you choose to believe this
5: about the vaccine? Is
2: it? Yeah, was it you know was it the sources that it was coming from because it was coming from scientists and doctors and
5: because scientists and doctors and this thing about doctors and you know, pushing people into, fac- you know, getting vaccines. And excuse me, but that's what they are, vaccines. And if he wants to call them, wherever what he wants to call them, he has his opinion, I have mine. But when you get your, you know, your text from your doctor or the vaccine centre, what does it say? Vaccine. Or booster. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But no doctor, my doctor... I the best doctor. No doctor pushed me into anything. No one would push me into a corner and say, you do this and you do that. Uh, you know what I mean and I am so happy
2: so you made up your own mind on this you Yeah. yeah and in and fairness Stephen, St- Stephen made up his mind on this as well and he's entitled uh, to do that the only thing I'm just reading some of the screen here in front of me Stephen and some people pointing out it's grand and you're entitled to have your opinion and all of that but did you ever think that you may be putting other people in danger by your choice yeah, that, that's an
4: interesting point that's an interesting point as well if the vaccine is so great, why do you need me to take
2: it? Oh. You mean mean that the vaccine should have been um, able to protect other people completely? Is that it?
4: Well, well, old-style vaccines, that was what happened. You'd take it and it would protect you.
2: Yes. Whereas the, I mean, what we were told about this was that it would just keep us out of hospital and it would keep us from being profoundly ill. I suppose. Will you stay with me for a moment because Anne Marie is here as well? Anne Marie, good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, you're pretty certain, Anne Marie, you wouldn't be here without vaccination. Well,
7: friend, to be to be quite honest, I I firmly believe that I wouldn't be here. I have some serious underlying conditions, Ben, <clears throat> as you know. I have chronic heart disease. I got the first wallop, as I call it, the day of my 46th birthday. I'm only 51 now. I've had five stents fitted in the last couple of years. Plus, I have mild onset of uh, COPD. I am 100% behind the vaccine. I've had the first two. Obviously, recently also had contracted COVID. My granddaughter got it for the second time. My other grandkids have all had it recovered very well, thank God. But um I still have a few little effects of it like fatigue, tiredness, so yes. on and so forth. But because of my underlying conditions, I firmly believe that if I hadn't had those vaccines, I would have been a lot worse than what I
2: was. And Stephen making the point there that, you know, that may not be the case that we might have been all taken in by this narrative what do you say to well, that Anne-Marie
7: well uh, I, I don't think so because I mean at the end of the day we all say our kids you know to build up their immune systems let them play in the dirt and let them get mucky and filthy and this and that that we're, we're mollycoddling them all but at the end of the day some of these vaccines are necessary prior to me getting sick with my heart five years ago I every year suffered with pneumonia chest and lung infections and from the time i got sick with the heart i have had the flu jab and the pneumonia jab Now the pneumonia when you only get every five years and since i got those jabs i have only had one really bad chest infection apart from when i got covered there a couple of weeks ago and so- prior to that i have not since i started getting the uh, vaccinations. i haven't been sick
2: General. Stephen can, can I, I just can I just get your opinion on that Stephen there's Anne-Marie and she's quite clear about you know what she says is a vaccine or a drug in your case that saved her life
4: if, if, if her doctor advised her to take it that's brilliant hmm. I, I actually went to the doctor in the middle of all this thing and I had um, an ear infection or something and um, he didn't tell me to take any vaccine for the other thing the only place I've heard to take the vaccine is from the media. My doctor
2: made no mention of it. Right. So you, you didn't get any advice other than the media um to take a vaccine? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um and and again, could I just finally answer because I'm really curious about this. Who is leading this big con then? I mean, where where is that coming from? Is it do you see it as being pharmaceutical big pharma? Is it who who is doing this?
4: Um, every year they have a big push on to sell their flu vaccines and things, and I think similar thing, new new tactics, and the whole thing got out of control.
2: All right, okay, um, uh, Barbara, will you have a, a final word before I just go to Anne Marie for final word uh, on on this?
5: Hi, Anne Marie. Well, Barbara, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. <clears throat> I'm fine. Actually, what I want to ask you, anne since you got, you know, the vaccines and everything like that, and you're like me, you get the pneumonia and the flu, like, if we didn't get that, we wouldn't be here. And then, and, yeah, and then, Stephen, I want to ask you this question, if you don't mind. Do you call the pneumonia and the flu jab a vaccine, or what do you call it?
4: I, I I don't know anything about them, um, but uh, if if they're well, an actual, well, can I say
5: if, something? If you, i on for them. Uh, what well, I want to say to you, where they're getting all their information? And I've had stuff sent to me, like anti faxers friends, and everything. And you know, when I was getting my first one, do you know where they're getting all the information from? Where is Some that? guy in the United States on YouTube. Saying that there was this little thing going to be put in and it'd be, you know, from outer space that you'd be followed around the place. What a load of crock.
2: Right. And well, well in fairness, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen hasn't been saying that. Uh, you're no, not saying I know that, that, Stephen. But I'm
5: just saying a lot of stuff is on YouTube, you know,
7: it's okay, all negative. Okay,
2: and, uh, and it's pretty extreme <laughs> in one thing and another. Um, yeah. Anne Marie, a final word for us.
7: Well, it's. Uh, The best thing I can think of is that the best thing I did was take the vaccine and I will get the further boosters when I'm well enough.
2: Right. Because
7: obviously after having contracted COVID, you have to wait X amount of time before you can go for the boosters.
2: Yes, but you will do that, Anne-Marie.
7: I'll be doing that and I'll also be making sure my grandkids, because if I'm not well enough to be here, who's there for the grandkids? I have to be there for them. All right. Okay. And I, I'll do everything within my power to make sure that I'm there
2: for them. Right, uh, uh, Stephen. I just want to say uh, to you that uh, thank you so much for coming on today because I respect your point of view completely. And the, the questioning this morning is I, I'm just quite curious about what what you're thinking. You know. So will you have a final word on this to us?
4: yeah Just, just, just that uh, the only thing I rang in about. Was complimenting the man yesterday, Richie. Yes, uh, and um, the, the anti-vaxxer point—that's I, I, the point that I'd like you to look up, friend. Yeah. Okay. It, who's right? In it, who's right? There is it a vaccine? Is it something different and new?
2: Well, I will certainly follow that up. And look, we respect your point of view, and thank you so much for coming on with me. And thanks to Barbara and Anne Marie as well. Thank you all, and uh, good morning to you. Eighteen hundred nine three eight double o seven. Uh, the text and WhatsApp is double three double one. Back in just a moment.
0: Tip today with
1: Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 Slattery's or slatterysgarage.ie.
0: The Imro Radio Award-winning tip today.
1: With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie
2: Now, one of our listeners on to say deaths stayed low because we stayed at home. Remember the 2K and 5K um that we were allowed. Uh, we wore uh, masks and washed our hands and then, thank God, we got the vaccines to allow us to live a more lo- normal life, says Margaret, who's in Clan Mill, And uh, Margaret is a nurse, she tells me, who worked with COVID, and she puts in brackets afterwards, which is not gone away. Um The plan was and is to depopulate the world. I haven't gone any jo- jabs, nor will I. Bill Gates and... Uh, George Soros, it's uh, behind us. Are people going to keep getting jabs? That man is right, it says here. Um, You're hitting your head against a wall, trying to reason with Stephen. You have some patience, Fran, it says. Well, everybody's entitled to an opinion, so. And we try and provide a a platform for that as well. And we've asked several people who, um, I have to choose my language carefully now, who have decided not to be vaccinated. Is that better? anti-vax to come on with us but so far um, we haven't had anybody take us up on that but lots coming in on that score um, Okay, Um the vaccine was so successful for Barbara she needed to have five of them how many more will she continue to take despite the evidence that it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID and doesn't stop you uh, getting sick where is that you see where is that evidence Um no other vaccine has required five shots in such a short space of time it says here um, okay, lots more in on that. I will put it all together and bring it to you again a little later on in the programme. School books will be issued free of charge to all primary uh, pupils from te- uh, September next under new measures to be announced in uh, the budget uh, today. Now, it's going to cost 47 million, and uh, it seemingly it was agreed by the government over the weekend. It's not a once off measure we understand, and it will continue over the coming years, according to a source. Now, Vilma was in touch with us about this and joins me online. Vilma, good morning to you.
6: Hello, good morning. How are you?
2: I'm very well, indeed. You think this is uh, brilliant. You're completely in favour of this.
6: Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea that they finally decided to put some money aside, I'll say the government, because there is, in my opinion, there is nothing like free you know, when he comes from the government, nothing is free. The taxpayers will have to
8: pay for this, hmm. obviously.
2: Yeah, um, even though 47 million in the scheme of things, though, it's a lot of money to to you and me, but it, it, it's not a huge amount in the scheme of 10 billion, I suppose.
6: It, yeah, but what I'll say it is, it is actually a good idea, like hmm. finally, as I say, they, they they managed to put some money aside for this. I believe the education and books should be free and accessible for
2: everybody. Right. Secondary school um, as well, you, you you believe, I guess.
6: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There is some families who probably will be struggling with all the monies and the school expenses, and that it will be something that will help a little, you know, towards the, the living
2: cost. But you do have some concern, I believe, about the books, do you not, Vilma?
6: Pardon. What, what? What do you say?
2: I think you have some concern about what will happen to the books next year. For example, is that is that yes, what
6: you mean? Definitely, hmm. because um, there is some people who they won't care for the books. Definitely, you know what? It's always the ones that always free. "We don't care." <laughs> hmm. So I believe that it will be a good idea that par- parents and, and children need to learn how to look after the things because the books. I don't think they will. They will go down to the dump. It would be a waste. It would be a huge waste of, of books. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine that she she, she lives in in the UK, and they was saying, "Well, the books in in, in there are accessible mm. for everybody. The school keeps them, and then give them to the children uh, the next year. The children who will profit from them." But I'll say it would have be a good measure that if the parents will help to look after the books with the kids and probably have um, a charge, you know, a charge if the books don't come in the proper conditions. Some, some sort come. of a
2: fine basis you're you
6: using. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it would make people and children to be probably more careful
2: hmm.
6: with the books. Books are precious, in my, my opinion.
2: Yeah, I'd agree that books are precious for for sure. We're, we're not quite sure what's going to happen in te- in terms of recycling books. I, I'm not sure if that Imagine. detail is made available to us or whether it will be all brand new books every year. But do you think that would be a waste if that were the case? Uh,
6: yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah,
6: A waste of giving books to every kid every single day for the next year. Imagine the amount of waste.
2: Because they'd be just Tossed away, and you expensive. think, if they're second hand in some way. Yeah.
6: Well, w- definitely. It would be a good idea for the schools to keep them and then give, hand them over to the kids who come next year.
2: But how would you manage homework uh, then, Vilma?
6: No, I mean, like, for example, the kids keep them during the year and then hand them over at the oh, end sorry, of the year. Oh, sorry,
2: I beg your pardon. Of course, yes. Okay, so they'd give them back, essentially, at the end of the year. And, uh,
6: somebody responsible or looking after the books and say well listen this book is not good enough for somebody else and probably get the fee from not caring properly okay. i don't know this is my idea this is something that i would love to Well, think it's it's, it it's worth happen. thinking
2: about because i i hadn't thought about this what would happen to the books the following year but i'm sure we'll find some detail on it uh, either later on today or over the coming days. Uh, Vilma, good to talk to you today and thank you very much indeed for coming on with us. 1800 938 007. Fran, I agree with that man. We shouldn't be called anti-vax because I didn't get vaccinated but only because it was quickly made and not enough information about it. I've had all the other vaccinations like MMR, etc. And every vaccine is a drug. Um, Everybody to their own, it says here. And, um, Fran, the vaccine was taken by people to protect their own body, not anybody else. Most only got it so they could travel. I'm sure some only got it uh, because they could travel, but I know, because we discussed it on the program loads of times over the last few years, is that people decided to vaccinate to protect elderly um, family members and the like as well. And that was certainly very much part of the thinking at the time. Anyway, I'll take a break. Back in a moment. The
0: Imro Radio Award-winning
2: tip today.
1: With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Garage.ie.
0: If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007.
2: Now, uh, just some more of your correspondence with us. Ah, Frank, give people some credit to so the big issue with the COVID vaccines is the cohesion, vaccine passports, take the visa or lose your job, etc. This one of uh, our listeners um, probably getting information on YouTube from Donald Trump's friends. It says here, and that's making reference, I guess, to my conversation with uh, Stephen. Um, why were the unvaccinated people barred from hospitality? Says Declan in Clonmel. Well, you know, the thinking at the time was that you were putting somebody else at risk if you were not vaccinated, and uh, you know, it'll be interest. Look, let me put it this way: it will be very, very interesting indeed when there's a a gap of X amount of years and this is all looked back on and that there are there's uh, several different uh, reports and research done and it'll be very interesting to hear what happens because there are certainly issues um that need to be uh investigated and looked into for for sure. Emma is with me. Good morning to you Emma. Morning. And thanks for coming on with me today. You agree with Stephen Emma?
9: Yeah, just on the basis of people calling us anti vax. Mm. Like I'm anti vax. Mm. I didn't get the vaccine just purely because there wasn't enough information about it. Okay. Um, but I've got like my MMR, I've got my meningitis C, I've got all of them. Right. To know.
2: So you're, you you believe in the notion of vaccine, obviously, but not this particular one, is that it? Yes. Yeah. And you sound like a young woman to me, if you don't mind my saying 35. so. It's 35. Um, were there particular fears that you had about this drug or this vaccine?
9: Yeah, just because it was made too quick, I just thought it's too quick. It's like vaccines usually take years mm. and are proven or whatever. I suppose that's what this is going to do as well. The people that got it are like an experiment for the want to different words. Mm. You know, they're going to test and try it. That, and people that got the vaccine are the people that are going to be testing and trying it. But I wasn't going to be one of them.
2: Right. And do you accept that this was an extraordinary situation? I mean, this was something that was, you know, ravaging all over the world. um, And that, I suppose, it required measures that weren't ideal, but something had to be done.
8: Yeah,
9: I suppose I do agree a little bit. Mm. But I was one of the people that was terrified, but still not terrified enough to get the vaccine.
2: But you weren't terrified of COVID, were you?
9: Yeah. It's the unknown. That's what it was for me. It's the unknown because I have a daughter and she's a very bad chest. Mm. And I just thought if she gets it, She's but she got it and she flew through it.
2: Did she? Yeah. Yeah, And uh, we
9: all got it in our house and we flew through it. Thank God. So I was on the bed maybe for two days with headaches, but that was it.
2: But other than that, you were fine. Yeah, thank God. Can I ask, did your daughter get vaccination?
9: No. Okay. None of us did in my house. There's four of us, my partner, me and two kids.
2: Right. And None be- of us because they were speaking about people with underlying conditions, did you consider uh, having your daughter vaccinated? No, I just
9: said I still was of the opinion there's not enough about it. Okay.
2: And when you look back on it now, I mean, I know that we're still not out of it and there's you know, there's, there's pockets of it. Yeah. But when you look back on it now, what, what do you think at this point, Emma? Um,
9: I don't know. See, it's everybody's different. That's mm. when I said in my text, each to their own, because everybody is different. Like that woman that was on, she is COPD. Yes. I know a man that knows has COPD. He got COVID, didn't get vaccinated, but he flew through it. Right. He had no problem. No. It was just like a head cold to him. I think it affects everybody different. Yeah.
2: It's it's hard to disagree with when, I mean, when we saw so many deaths at the beginning of this. So, and was that part of why you were fearful, Emma? Yeah.
9: Yeah, right. the numbers were scary. Right. Um,
2: but you were more I, afraid of the drug, essentially.
9: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. It's it's like I wasn't going to inject myself with something that I didn't know loads about. Now, nobody did. Nobody, mm. like the doctors, everybody didn't know. And they just, it was tested maybe, what, two, three months? mm when normally a vaccine is five or six years before
2: they give it to anybody. Now you know what they said at the time that they were building on an existing platform that was there since the day of um, the initial COVID in two thousand and one or something like that. So it wasn't quite from the start, but that—that's what we heard at the
9: okay, time. Okay, I but didn't you, actually hear that.
2: But yeah, but you—but either way, it was too fast for you. Yeah,
9: way too fast. Right. Man, and, I know people, like I friends working in the chemist and whatever, and they got it because they kind of had to, because they were dealing with the public, but yes. they even said too quick.
2: Right. And these were people who were involved with pharma? Yeah. Right. And you have no regrets about your decision, Emma?
9: No, because I've, I like, thank God, we're okay after yes. having COVID. and um, So, I mean, they're saying if you had it, you're kind of vaccinated anyway, to know you've got this. Yes. So in my eyes I'm kind of vaccinated now because I've ha-
2: I've had it. Right, that you have a certain amount of immunity. Now, yeah, you know literally. that they'll tell you that's only for a certain amount of time but look, you know.
8: Yeah.
2: yeah. Alright, well look, I'm glad you're well and I'm glad your family is well, Emma, and thanks very much for coming on with me. We really appreciate it, Emma. thank, no thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye bye to you now. That's uh, Emma speaking to us. The morning news is coming up.
0: with Fran Curry,
1: with Slattery's Garage Puck On your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade for more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle call the lads in Slattery's Garage Puck On on 067 24 Garage or slatterysgarage.ie
2: Thanks Pat and uh, welcome back to the second hour of, uh, tip today 1800 938 007 Fran I have a major Lung problems since childhood. I felt if I didn't have the vaccine, I wouldn't survive COVID. I reluctantly got vaccinated and was very ill after each one. I do think it was manufactured very quickly in comparison to others that have taken years, but I was afraid not to get it because of all the deaths. Uh, reported in the media, I got COVID this year, and I can say I've had the I've had worse flu, but I still feel after effects on my lungs. So even the fear of vaccine, I'm glad I got it. This is one of uh, our listeners on oh eight three three double one double three double one. Somebody else saying I was under the impression at the beginning that it was just one vaccination, then it turned out to be a few. People died and the vaccine helped prevent more deaths and uh, somebody made money out of it with PPE sanitizer and the pharmaceutical uh, companies is one of our listeners. And the final one in from another, Fran, who says, hi, Fran, just uh, a word on COVID. I never suffered colds and flus. I have uh, had COVID at the start of the pandemic. the well, uh, pandemic was extremely sick for three weeks and then the vaccine came along I had them all I got COVID last April gone and didn't know I had it uh, only until I took a test as I've been around uh, somebody who had it no comparison to the first time when I thought I was dying this is Fran on O eight three three double one double three double one. Now last week a few of our listeners were in touch about medical cards and some new charges for blood services. Uh, Mike was in touch to share his experience and he joins me now. Mike, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. Good to talk to you today. What is your experience of having blood taken, Mike? Uh well
10: this the same experience as anyone else, you get a needle in your in your in your arm. Mm. <laughs> And it doesn't bother me, apart from the last time I went, which was like I suppose the first time in a couple of years, because of uh, again I didn't go uh, attend my doctor for any reason over the, the pandemic period. Mm. Uh, I, I have type two diabetes, so uh, for that reason I do get my. Uh, the advice of my doctor, I should say, get my bloods tested regularly, mm. I, usually about twice a year. Uh, and the last time I went, uh, I was charged ten euro.
2: And that was the first time you were charged, that, Mike, first, was it?
10: First time I ever heard of a charge. It's a new charge, that apparently, uh, looking up on it, and it's been happening since uh, something like, by some GPs, in 2011.
2: Right, now, you think this may be another step towards uh, privatisation of the health system. Is that, is that what you think,
10: Mike? Well, you know, drip-feeding things is a, is a common way of, of getting things into our... Our system, you know, without us kind of realizing it's happening, you know, by the time we we realize it, it's, it's too late. And I think uh, I went to uh, our local um, politician representative in the Dáil and asked him about it. His first words out of his mouth he said "Oh, that's illegal," he said.
2: Right, and you're making reference to uh, to Deputy Matty McGrath there. And we, we following on from your correspondence with us, Mike, I hope you don't mind, but we made contact with Matty and he agrees. He says there is confusion with some doctors charging and some not. And he says, my belief is that there is no legal basis for this. It's all over the place and there's no clarity. Some charge uh, different rates and some charge more. Um, they shouldn't be charging, says Matty. There's no clarity to this whatsoever. So what do you make of that, Mike?
10: Well, I agree with Matthew completely on that. On mm. that. And, and uh, Matthew, Matthew's a straight-talking man. He, you know, he doesn't mince his words. Uh, uh, I'm just reading a, a, a quote from the Minister for Health here said it is a matter of concern and that no user charges sh- should apply to GB services providers to medical care patients. And I mean, if the Minister for Health says is a concern, what's, what's he doing about it? You know, He's elected again to represent the, the people, you know. Uh, um, right. So, are you
2: calling? Are you calling on him, Mike, to do something about this?
10: Well, I, I've asked Matthew to bring it up in the hall and ask ask the question because I mean they're the people we elect to, to represent, uh, you know, in all aspects of of running the country, uh, both in our health and otherwise.
2: What would you? you know, say? I, 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 I'm trying to think, Mike, what their counter argument to you might be, and it might be look we have to run clinics, we have to hire yeah. nursing staff, we have to hire reception staff, we have to do all of these things and, you know, that's why we have to put a charge on, on, on the bloods.
10: Yeah, uh, well, I, I agree with that and I've read that as well, that they have, obviously they have charges, but I've also read up on. I mean, their average salary, I think, average now I'm going through it, is 60,000 odds a year, you know, and there's, there's there's cases there in Dublin where uh, GPs are getting, like, earning over 800,000 a year, up to some up to a million a year. So, like, putting a 10 year in charge of a medical card holder, I think, is very unfair.
2: Well, you'd imagine that the charge will be included in the medical card, if you know what
10: I mean. Well, I mean, the purpose of a medical card is for people who, who are in that situation where they can't afford to pay medical fees. Hmm.
2: But I wonder if there's already um, a certain element of the medical card that pays for this. If you if if you could follow me,
10: well, the, the, is this a charge on top of
2: a charge? I suppose is what I'm asking. Absolutely.
10: Well, they get they get paid uh, so, so much a month anyway for each patient, yes. regardless of how many visits they have into into the surgery. And uh, the other thing is, like uh, we have a, a, a health service that's under pressure, and uh, they're driving. People in, into the uh, the the A and E to do their bloods instead of going to it's free with the A and E and have your bloods done
2: for free. Right, which and that adds to all the chaos that we already and, see in the. In the absolutely, A&E. yeah. Uh, th- there's also talk, Mike, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, 430,000 more people will become el- eligible for the the free GP card next year. But like, right. you, you can't get an appointment with your GP at the moment, so you won't. Know <laughs> You don't wonder what's yeah, going to yeah. happen
10: it's, with it's, that? It's a, yeah, it's a, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're in, a, in a, I'm, I'm looking at a, in a kind of rural area where it probably isn't as as, as long a waiting yeah. list as that. But I mean, I can imagine like in, in towns like Clonmel and the size, you know, and bigger, it's, it's waiting times. Yeah, it's well, this,
2: more. Well, this is this is what happened with the school transport that they made it free all of a sudden on on top of an already chaotic situation. And hmm. uh, you know, this year we saw some some really stupid stuff happening where that was concerned. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'd wonder—is it uh, thought through? What, what do you make of what you've heard about the budget so far, Mike? <laughs> I, well, well, your, the, your laugh the, is enough for me, Mike. Uh,
10: Maggie Thatcher. Well, uh, I Maggie, Maggie. I think Bob said, "Oh, there's there's no there's no magic money tree out there." But I think our government have found it.
2: <laughs> and w- what do you think? Is that corporation tax, sir? What? Uh, well,
10: they seem to be throwing money out. Left, right, and centre—the budgets for, for all kinds of things—and and I'm wondering where they where they got it because they they, they talk poverty all the time. They have no, there's no money in the state and
2: there's but whatever. Yeah, it's well, so you see, seemingly they're spending some of this windfall they got from the corporation tax, even though they've been warned against doing that by economists. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens, isn't it?
10: That's true. Well, of course, they, saw, they got a big payout as well. They sold the Bank of Ireland, didn't they? They yeah. that stuff.
2: Yeah, well, so, yeah, oh uh, well, no, that, well, so that, well, that money is going. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, Mike. We wish you well, and thanks very much for coming on with me. Well,
10: it was good to talk Thank to you, you, Fran. You, you okay, too, thanks, thanks,
2: Mike. Thank you, and bye bye to you uh, now. What do you make of that? Eighteen hundred nine three eight double o seven. The text and WhatsApp is only three three double one double three double one. Uh, Fiona was on to say, Fran, in connection with blood charges, my mother at eighty seven gets her INR done at her doctor's, has to pay €20 to have her finger pricked. It's disgraceful. I said it to the doc and I was told that the machine needs to be paid for. At that price, I told him, (laughs) you you would have 10 machines, says uh, Fiona. Um, I know there's a practice, another listener who says, I know there is a practice in another town in uh, Tipperary charging €10. Um, for years so that's nothing new it says here Fran on 083311 3311 we'll take a break, back in a moment
1: The Imro Radio award winning tip today with Slattery's Garage, puck on test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric slatterysgarage.ie Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slattery'sgarage.ie.
2: John says, I got two vaccinations, one booster. My ears have never stopped buzzing and ringing since. Um, I had not had that problem before, says John. Another listener wants to say, Fran, 95% of every vaccine is the same ingredient. Uh, Facts of the matter is that everybody was cocooned, not an antibiotic was given out in the early days. It was only when COVID came into nursing homes from outside that it really hit the residents. Uh, Those with underlying conditions could not fight it. It was real. It's still real in other countries, and Ireland had hard love, but paid off in the long run. Well, as I say, and I mean, I keep saying this, um, I think that the big losers here were the the, the poor people in, in in the nursing homes, because you're right. Uh, in in some cases, uh, patients came out of hospital um, and uh, back into the nursing homes, bringing. Covid with them. Uh, Anyway, let us move on to uh, something else because Barbara, one of our listeners, um, is joining me now. Another Barbara, indeed. Barbara, good morning to you. Good
11: morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well
2: indeed. Lovely to talk to you, Barbara. And you. You served as a non executive board member of Family Cares. Uh, Ireland and the Carers Association for about nine years, Barbara. That's correct. You stepped down this weekend, is that right? I
11: did, after the nine years. It was uh, was an absolute honour to represent um, uh, family carers from Tipperary and all over the country on the board for the past nine years.
2: What did you say? You're caring for your son, Barbara, aren't
11: you? I do. I care for my son, Liam. um, Liam was born with Down syndrome in 2001.
2: Through that nine years um you know I've spoken to you I've spoken to Richie on so many occasions as well mm-hmm. have you Have you seen any movement forward in terms of how carers are looked after?
11: Well, there has been some movement um in the in the past couple of years, but not enough um uh, you know um like uh, things like they did cut back there uh, in twenty 2009 and 2010, 2011, you know, in regard to health, they did did a cutback on the grants as paid paid carers every year. And, like, that has been reinstated in the past year. You know, things have um, improved, but very slowly.
2: It looks like when Pascal Donoghue gets to his feet today, he will announce a €500 disability payment and a €20 increase in the domiciliary Care allowance, Barbara, for, for yes. sick children, meaning the payment will now be. I think it's three three twenty. Is it three uh, 320 euro, three hundred and twenty euro? I believe three, yeah, three twenty with with the increase on that. Um, does does. Does that make you happy that at least there's some sort of nod to what carers are doing?
11: Well, there's some um, you know, nod there. But again, I'd say there's just not enough, friend. because like like we, there's 500,000 people caring at the moment in Ireland, according to the, the statistics. And uh, by 2030, one in five of us will be caring for somebody. And like we save the state twenty billion euro every year and we supply nineteen million hours each week of unpaid care. We keep our, our the people that we care for at home so that they're not clogging up the hospital systems, the nursing homes and uh residential centres. And like in order to do that, we must have the supports. And, you know, if the supports aren't there, we're constantly on the phones, writing letters, meeting politicians, this, that and the other, trying to get a service for the person we're caring for, be it a child or an adult. You know, and it is very, very difficult. And while 500 euros sounds like an awful lot of money in one lump sum, but if you break that down over 12 months and you put it into an hourly rate, I mean, you're getting zero zero point nine cents 9
2: it's incredible, and I mean, when you speak about twenty billion of a saving to the state, can yes. you can you imagine if carers, you know, stopped caring and and imposed all of that on the system that is already in tatters?
11: Well, our system, and especially with the health system, the twenty billion dollar that we say our euros that we save um, the state here, if we everybody decided to down tools tomorrow morning, the the country would be on its knees. Yeah. It would literally be on a place because the health system will crash and everything else that goes around that. Now, in fairness, now there is um, a move on, say, the pension for carers, mm. and like that, that was announced there on September 20th. Yes, that and it'll, I think, it's going to come into effect from January 24th. But there's no full detail around it, other than the fact that you have to be caring 20 plus years and you will get a contributory pension rather than the non-contributory pension. But again, uh, you know, going back to the carers allowance, I mean it's a means test so it's means tested on everything it's a taxable income and a lot of carers might not know that out there, but a carer's allowance is an actual taxable income and you know you must declare it
2: It's incredible and we spoke to Kate I think I'm not sure if you had time to hear I it but did I
11: did hear her yes and she was absolutely wonderful
2: Yeah the insight into it again was just amazing as it is whenever I speak to you I mean you know the fuel allowance for example
11: Oh yeah. that's just a, I, mean, that's... A, 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 I just don't know because, say, my husband, he, uh, he um, is uh, from America, mm. and, like, he gets a small pension. It would be equivalent of what the dole is, say, from his uh, service in the Navy in the USA. And, like, uh, Liam is entitled to a fuel allowance. I'm not on his disability allowance. But we cannot claim it because they will not give you fuel allowance on a foreign pension. Oh, my God. It's, a, it's, a, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. You know, and I understand, like, you know, they have to control how they deliver funds to people. But while they keep carers in the welfare system, uh, we'll always be just getting that gradual payment, like, say, if you're on unemployment or job seekers, whatever. You know, and I mean, it's very, it can be very, very unfair because, say, for instance, um, when they brought out the pop for during the pandemic, yes, that was three hundred and fifty euro.
2: Yes, and and, and that like, was accepted as the amount uh, that you would need to live
11: absolutely to live yeah. on. And like we get two hundred and twenty four euro, um, if you're if you're getting the full allowance. Mm. Now with that, like. Recently, they're, and I have no issue with the arts people getting a penny. Mm. They deserve everything they get. as well. But like, say, they just introduced a pilot scheme of €325 per week um, for um, the arts because they give so much to the communities. Mm. But if you change the arts to carers, carers give so much to the community as well, you know, and we still only get €224. It's madness.
2: Since I can't remember how many years ago you and I I met up, but what what age is Liam now? Liam is twenty one this year. Twenty one, and yeah. when they moved that transition at eighteen, what what did you notice at that point, Barbara? Oh.
11: Now, from the time he transitioned from his school, which was Colangus and Cash, a mm. wonderful, wonderful school, into his new service with the Brothers of Charity, what had happened there, Now, and it's, it's nothing to do really with the Brothers of Charity, but it's just the way things went. With the cutbacks, Liam was a new service user in his house, and he, um, what they did there to the new service users going in, in, I think towards the end of 2018, 2019, was they cut the transport. They cut um, the speech and language and the other therapies for any new service users coming in. Even though there might be six people in his house, five of them are getting the services and Liam isn't getting any.
2: Just because of the year? Yeah, because of the year
11: he went in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And again, that makes little sense, does it? It does.
11: And like from the age of 18 to 65, there's no guarantee in Ireland for service. Because when you're 65 or 66, you are, uh, you get your pension. After that, then you get your whatever you need, you know. But like prior to that, between the ages of 18 and 65, there is no guarantee for services in
8: Ireland.
2: You see, it's, it's just incredible. And I really believe, Barbara, and I'm sure you'll agree, it's not until you're in that situation that you know about things like this.
11: Exactly. And like, I mean, say for instance, a lot of people don't even realise that they're caring for somebody. You know, you could be out there, you could be a, 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 a son, a daughter, a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a neighbour or friend. And you could be caring for a person in their home and you don't realise that you're an actual carer. Because, you know, when you're caring for somebody and looking after somebody, even though you are a son and daughter... You know, you could be on a farm, but you, you could have a, a family member that needs assistance, and you have to help there. So you are a carer, you know. And you know, people need to recognise the fact that they actually care for people.
8: That's a very in interesting
2: point. I, ha- yeah. I hadn't heard about because people so naturally look after each other. That...
11: Well, that's an Irish thing, my yeah, no, friend. Yeah. You know, because we're brought up to care for one another in our families, and like we feel it's 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 a duty. To care for a person that, a family member that needs help, you know, and as that duty, and absolutely, yes, we should help, but like we should, we should get the supports in order to do that, because otherwise you have to finance everything from your own income.
2: You, yourself and your husband, you're fine, healthy people and I don't yes. mean to, to put a me on that but I have to ask you, do you think of the years ahead where Liam is concerned? Do oh, you? I
9: do, yeah. Uh, we,
11: everybody that's in my situation around the country, that's the biggest worry we have, is what happens to Liam if anything happens to us? And I recently asked um Somebody that question, and within the within the system we'll say I won't mention any names mm. but like um I was told, well, then it's a crisis. and I said, it shouldn't have to be a crisis. there should be a plan in place for right. liam.
2: So it's a crisis if something happens to you yeah. and your husband yes and and what does that mean exactly?
11: I haven't a foggiest idea. <laughs> right. I'm assuming that uh, every everybody bands together and tries to get Liam into a, a residential place, but I mean there is no residential place because right. they want us to care for people in their own homes. But in order to do that, you must supply the service,
2: and you can't plan ahead for Liam, can you? No, you can't. You, you, plan you can't anything. have something Everything in place. Everything
11: is day to day, Fran. Everything with Liam is day to day. Yeah, you can't plan ahead. You can't. You couldn't even plan holidays. You couldn't plan any... Not that we take any because we couldn't afford him. You couldn't plan any time away with Liam because, first of all, you have to bring him with you. Second of all, you don't know how he's going to be on the day you're leaving. So everything has to be spur of the moment with Liam.
2: And and what about respite? Is, is there...?
11: No respite. Um, I, I was told when Liam went into his new day service that he was on a waiting list for two years... So now it's going into three years. So absolutely none. He's waiting for an orthodontist appointment for the last five years.
2: It's it's just incredible to hear this, you
11: know? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's very sad because, I mean, Liam, Liam, while he's moderately severe, there's people out there that, you know, that have um, really, uh, you know, high, um, you know, high, um, how would I put it? People with extra needs that mm. other than Liam,
2: high dependence. Like, yeah, yeah, high yeah.
11: dependency. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. High Absolutely. dependency. Other than you know that Liam wouldn't be as high dependent as others, yes. but like I don't know, and some people then are on their own trying to cope, and that's where family care as Ireland come in. Yes, you know, you know because we offer so many different services and like we're available. Like there's a free phone number. You know, if I can give to you at the end yes, uh, before we leave. You know, I mean we supply. Um, you know, unique care engagements with our centres, which Richie has a centre in Clomwell. You know, um, people can call them. We have, um, you know, free phone call line, new families, care support, well-being, counselling, free counselling. We do education training programmes, you know, and we do an awful lot of... uh, We have online membership. We have forums. We have, you know, um, our membership card offers... A lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, discounts for hotels, mm. yeah, life insurance, etc. Well, is, is this so.
2: essentially carers looking after themselves? Uh, yes, in, carers, in as much carers, as they can? caring
11: for carers, yeah. basically. <laughs> yes, even though that used to be another organisation that joined with us, um, and with the carers as well, she was caring for carers. And I might give a shout out to. Eilish Smith. Eilish was also on the board with me and also um retired on Friday. And poor Eilish is not feeling very well at the moment, so I'd like to wish her very well. And she was one of the founding members of Caring for Carers, and um, I believe thirty five years ago.
2: So Well we, yeah, w- so. we wish her the very, very best yeah. uh, in- indeed. The the other point I've made to Richie on several Richie Malai, by the way, we're talking about um yeah. on, on several occasions is that carers can't, by the nature of what they do, protest. So no. you, you can't up up uh, in the morning uh, for Dublin and, and be outside of the door because you, you're you going to be needed.
11: That's correct. And you have to be here um, for the person you're caring for because you get um, if you're in receipt of a carer's allowance, you have to be available 24 7 for that person that you're caring for. You know, and you're not entitled to any holidays, you're not entitled to any breaks. You know, so you have to be there. So it's very hard to get out and actually protest in Dublin because you'd have to bring the person you're caring for, and that's not always feasible.
2: So, the danger of what we're going to hear after one o'clock today for care is, is that this €500 Euro disability payment and the increase in the domiciliary care allowance is that something is being done. But what we're hearing from you, Barbara, at the cold face is there's so much more to be
11: done. There's so much more to be done. Absolutely. I mean, we do need um, the means test done away with for for carers so that more people can um, uh, receive uh, an allowance for caring for somebody. People have to give up their lives to care for somebody. Mm. You know, I mean, some people can say work and care, but like there's others out there that are caring 24-7. They're stuck in their homes. They have to give up their lives. They have to give up their identities to care for someone
2: else. Did you have to do that, Barbara?
11: Yes, yes. Not that I it. I mean, I love looking after Liam and he's a great guy, but he does have his moments. But I mean, you know, you give up everything. I had to give up um, working to care for Liam because no employer really wants to employ you because you have to be uh, available at a moment's notice, you know, so it's, it's very difficult for people that care.
2: And, uh, I mean, uh, you love him to bits, obviously. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But do you sometimes look at what might have been in terms of a career or, you know?
11: Well, you see, I did have a career. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, that career I had to give up. Yes. But, uh, like, sometimes, you know, you'd like to be able to, you know, doing different things. Mm-hmm. But then you have to look at the person and you say, well, right, you don't." Know. God love him. What does he do if I do that? Yes. You know, I mean, you know, is he left there sitting there or, you know, just doing nothing? So, like, I mean, we make Liam as active as possible. And, like, Liam, like, he horse rides, he, he does lots of different activities, very costly mm. <laughs> activities. Yeah. But, like, you, you know, he has to have those services. And like what we're afraid of now is that, you know, if there's power cuts that are supposed to be coming, and I believe there will be, um, you know, uh, Liam depends on his tablet, you know, for entertainment plus communication. My husband suffers from sleep apnea and COPD, so he has machines. So, I mean, there's lots of people out there that are carers, that, you know, need electricity to care for the people and it's going to be a nightmare.
2: So this is another nightmare and fear for yeah, you. Yeah,
11: absolutely. And everything is kind of uh, a crisis, if you know. what I mean, there's <laughs> all the something.
2: Yeah, because I remember one carer telling me in detail that right from the moment that her child was born, she began to fight. And it wasn't her nature to be aggressive or to to confront people but straight away she had to because everything was a phone call that you were trying to do the best for your child you know Yes,
11: yeah, sure, or even my sister I mean in a million years I mean I never thought I'd be on TV talking to you yeah. Um, yeah. on a board of Family Carers Ireland you know <laughs> Because, you know, you're a a citizen and, you know, you go about your daily daily life. But in order for us to get services for the people that we care for, we have to be out there. We have to be fighting. We have to advocate. And like, I mean, uh, from I think about 2010, when they started doing all the cutbacks, is that I got really active. Involved and um, I did a primetime investigative program there in 2011. Yeah. And um, nothing changed very much from that program now, I can tell you. But in saying that, like it has made me more active, and uh, um, I really care about people that are caring in our country and that they deserve the respect, but they don't need the plum thing.
2: I was going to say to you about that. You feel completely patronised <laughs> oh at times. I guess they're the all... About, the yeah, You're all wonderful people. Oh, you're all this and that. We're and absolutely
11: thing. amazing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, we're yeah. amazing people. But like at the end of the day, you know, you can be amazed all you like, but if you haven't got the electricity, if you haven't got the oil in the tank or food to feed that person because they don't understand not having their food, you know, um, you know all these things like, you know, have to be available to the person because if you're at home caring you cannot get out to work you cannot make extra income so that means then you're going with the begging bowls to the different organizations out there for help.
2: Barbara, it's a fascinating insight and thank you so much and my best uh, to your husband and to Liam as well. Thank, thank you for coming on with me, Barbara.
11: Could I just give out the of course phone number? Oh, yes, please, of course Thanks you very can. very much. Yes. It's 1800 and if anyone would like to contact Richie Lye's office, it's 0527 0527- 0527 Four four seven
2: one and zero two. Okay, the eighteen hundred num- uh, number. What is that for? For again, I that remember?
11: is for people to contact our main um, helpline.
2: Okay, so that's eighteen hundred twenty four zero seven twenty four. Is that? Yeah, right?
11: it's like twenty four seven twenty four. Okay,
2: and for family 0. family carers then. Family
11: carers, Ireland. Yeah,
2: uh, is 052?
11: And Richie's office is o five two. 747102 and that's family Careers in Clamel.
2: Okay, and Emma will have all of those numbers if yes. anybody missed them there as well. Barbara, you look after yourself. My best to your family. Thank you and so you much. And
8: you too. Thank you very Thank much, much friends.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks Thanks you now. That's Barbara speaking to us this morning. Back in a moment. If it matters to you,
0: it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. The Imro Radio Award winning tip today.
1: With Slattery's Garage Puck On. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage Puck On. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Slattery's Garage.ie
0: Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tip today at tipfm.com.
2: Well, thanks to uh, Martin Lynch uh, of Cashel Chamber for supplying us with the official line from the Minister for Health where those charges are concerned and we, we'll, I'll have a look through that, Martin, and we appreciate it uh, this morning. oh eight three three double one double three double one. it's time for our weekly tech slot now. I'm glad to be joined by Niall Kitson of techcentral.ie. Niall, good morning to you. Morning. Uh, Good to talk to you today. The electric car giant, uh, Tesla, they've recalled quite a lot of vehicles.
12: They have. And recalled a lot of vehicles again. uh, They've already had trouble with a a large recall in the States earlier this year. They had to recall 400,000 cars for what they called uh, phantom braking. Which was to do with their um, sort of pedestrian and, and vehicle detection system, which previously relied on a combination of cameras and radar. However, they moved that technology to something that was purely based on cameras. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what was happening here was that uh, the system was triggering what they call sort of phantom braking. So the automatic braking system would kick in for apparently no reason, and the cars would start. You know, flowing uh, for, for, you know, eff- effectively uh, incorrect good and incorrect speed of the road. Wow. So now Tesla is in trouble for what they call uh, an automatic window reversal system. Now, I'm not, I don't drive, so I have to go and figure out what this is. It's probably something everybody is familiar with instead of me. So basically, uh, this is the, the sensor that detects when you've got uh, something blocking. Your uh, your window, mm. or preventing it from rolling up or or down safely, and basically a software update um, threw this out of whack for for some vehicles. So you could potentially be driving, uh, and maybe you put your you know the, the window was slightly up, and you put your arm out. Um, you know, the the window might not detect that uh, or might, you know, uh, retract suddenly or without explanation or what have you. So the fix for this, as with the the previous problem, it's a software fix. And this is kind of the problem with Tesla cars is that because there is so much technology at work there, there's so much software in the background and an update to one thing can actually throw out um, the ability of another feature in the car to work properly. So this is kind of what's happened. It's sort of the, the window safety system. Well, you know, safety in commas. It's not going to, you know, uh, ruin your day or anything like that. And Elon Musk is certainly of that uh, opinion as well. Um, he came out in defense of his cars, as, as he should, being the being the mm. boss. And uh, he said, you know, and this is a quote from him, terminology is outdated and inaccurate, and there have been no injuries. <laughs>
2: So, feck ye, I suppose, is what he's basically saying. But but they, it's incredible that they put out, and they do this. I, I'm a musician, I play keyboard, and, and, and they do this with keyboards as well, that they put out models. They wait till the people who buy them uh, discover issues with them, and then they update the software, which I always find incredible. Yes, this happens an awful lot, and it
12: happens quite a bit in computer games. A uh, few years ago, there was a game called Cyberpunk 2077, that was released to market in what was effectively a minimal viable product. But that minimum viable product was actually terrible. uh, And it was pretty much unplayable. And they issued a a roadmap saying, you know, okay, we're going to put in place the following fixes and you'll be able to do X, Y, Z as, as we go along. It also happened with a game called No Man's Sky even before that, which was meant to be this giant open world exploration game it arrived to market people really hated it they couldn't do half of what they wanted to but over time more releases uh, there were more patch releases and it's actually a really good game now so yeah this does seem to be a thing Get get the physical thing out to market and use the use the um
2: feedback you know in commas yes to, to to, to inform out. the next uh, platform as suppose. Yeah, and, exactly. and what what happens now? i mean is, is there any financial comeback for people where this is concerned or do they just bring along their car and and get it updated
12: bring along your car and get it updated that's it it's the
2: uh, yeah right. that's that's the, the even, even if you have to take a day off work for this or whatever it's uh, pretty much
12: yeah i mean you know uh, tesla's also said that you know this can be an over the air update as mm-hmm. well so you know, might well, what does that, that
2: mean? You can do it yourself, or something, is it? You,
12: you can do it yourself, yeah. Um, but there is a recall in place, so you can bring your car in and make sure the dealer looks after it. So, uh, whichever method you are more comfortable with.
2: Yeah, I'm always fascinated by the company Tesla in terms of what it's worth comparison to its output. You know, it's it's fascinating, isn't it?
12: Tesla is is a fascinating thing because it comes out with these wonderful products. And it develops these really good hype machines. And also, you know, very reminiscent to Apple. Um, you know, they've developed sort of a reputation for innovation mm. and great design. Uh, and as a result, you know, people, people don't mind waiting an awful, lot, an awful long time for their product. I think Sony's current generation of PlayStation is both a really good example. You know, it's a fantastic machine, really well designed. Mm. There's that, what they call installed base of bands out there that will update uh, regardless um, and you know people are having a terrible time getting getting their uh, hands on what is as we discussed a couple of weeks ago
2: It's very interesting isn't it uh, Will you talk to me about Iran as well because we're seeing this more and more where the internet is almost used as a weapon and internet shut down to hide I suppose what's going on in Iran at the moment
12: yeah, uh, what has happened in Iran uh, in relation to the death of a, a Kurdish woman mm. in police custody there uh, a couple of days ago? Um, a monitoring group called NetBlocks has said Instagram and WhatsApp have been restricted uh, in the country. That's not to say entirely banned, but uh, restricted. And uh, bear in mind that Facebook and Twitter are already blocked there. And uh, other sort of, sort of social networks um, and news sources like Telegram, TikTok, and YouTube—they they they, they could be very on and off there as well. They're they're very tightly uh, controlled. Um so uh, not the first time in recent history this has happened. In 2019, there were protests against increase, uh, increases in petrol prices in Iran. And the internet was shut down between November 16th and 27th. That's an 11-day shutdown. That's massive. That's massive. Um, and, it's, you know, you, if you have a look at Twitter, where an awful lot of people are getting their news from, you hear a lot of people saying, what's going on in, in Iran is really inspirational. But if you actually try and find, you know, Sources or video or anything like that—that's actually much more problematic. It's much more difficult. Um, it just seems to be a fairly small number of clips uh, circulating, um, and you know, Meta have been accused of some fairly aggressive moderating on Instagram to do with this as well. If you've been looking for the hashtag Iran protest you're not getting nearly as much content as is is actually out there. And this is because Mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff is being flagged to Facebook, which uses a combination of human moderators and artificial intelligence to remove problematic content. So you might have a case of you've uploaded something using this this hashtag. Somebody, I don't know, could be somebody, you know, with a genuine concern about what they're seeing or somebody working for the government, flags this to Meta, who will probably look at it and go, yeah, this contravenes our terms of service because X, or, you know, we'll put it into a holding area or an AI might go, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just take it out. Um, it's
2: it's, it's interesting.
12: a very grey area.
2: And, like now what you know. about business? Because obviously this is a b- immense fallout on business, does it not? Tremendously damaging to businesses. Uh, businesses, in individual freedoms, and you,
12: it's, you just have to look at the, the government and the culture uh, in place, where if the government is sort of ruling the the national discourse uh, to such an extent, then you've got a very serious problem. Uh, An interesting aside, you know, people might go, well, why don't you use a a virtual private network to circumvent any of the the state controls on on the mobile network or on the, the network that you happen to be using? Well, one of the main problems in Iran is that, they have effectively one mobile telecommunications company, so uh, called uh, Iran Mobile Communications Company, uh, and it's got 60 million subscribers out of 83 million people in the country. So that's an absolute stranglehold over, you know, your actual mm. internet access. So there isn't and an is. And is it government owned? Yeah, they can pretty much. Uh, well, I'm not. I can't remember if, it, if exactly it's government owned, mm. but it means that there's a single point of failure there. Mm. Yes. You don't, it's not like over here where you have to go into, you know, company XYZ and get them shut down, uh, you know. Individually, this is a case of government comes in and goes, right, we're not doing this, and that's it. One company.
2: It's incredible, isn't it? Uh, any recommendations for his podcast-wise uh, this week? No? Yeah, a,
12: a wonderful little show, no longer with us, unfortunately, called uh, Reply All, uh, which was produced by a company called Gimlet Media, and... This is sort of a, a nice little show with sort of snippets of internet culture. It uh, could be Q&A sessions. It could be weird stories from the net. I want to recommend episode 158, which is called The Case of the Missing Hit. And this is something that I think has happened to everybody at some stage in their lives where you're driving along in the car and you start humming a song and somebody beside you goes, what, what song is that? And you can't remember. You know it's a song, you know, but you can't remember what it is. And this episode is about a man who went on a, uh, an odyssey to find out what this missing song in his head was. Uh, And the interesting thing is that it is absolutely not what you think it would be.
2: What what do you mean it's not what what you think it would be?
12: Well, I don't want to give away the twist, but uh, some songs are obscure for a reason. Okay, uh, okay, all (laughs) right. This is one song that was extremely obscure.
2: I'm really intrigued. So it's episode 158 of what podcast?
12: The podcast is called Reply All, Okay. And the episode is entitled The Case of the Missing
2: Hit." Oh, listen, I can't wait to have a look at that. Niall, always a pleasure. Thank you for your time today. Thank you're you. Welcome. Good morning to you. That's Niall Kitson there of techcentral.ie. If you're into tech, that has to be your go-to. It's techcentral.ie. All sorts of tips there, all sorts of uh, blogs and information as well. 1800 938007. News and information is coming up. Welcome back to Tip Today. Eighteen hundred nine three eight double o seven. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you anything to make a call. Um, in conjunction with our friends at Talbot Fitness in Clonmel, uh, that's based, of course, at the Talbot Hotel. We're delighted to give away the ultimate gift of fitness and health. Uh, we're giving you the opportunity to win four months leisure membership for the price of three months at the Talbot Leisure Centre. And uh, with this membership, you can avail of all the fitness classes, access to the multi-award winning gym, uh, swimming pool, sauna, jacuzzi, steam room. So what more could you ask for? So if you want to get yourself in shape before Christmas, get entering. or giving away membership all of this week on A Tip Today. All right, we'll tell you how you can get involved in that pretty soon as well. Now, of course, we're on air every single morning from nine o'clock. We spoke to Stephen and Barbara just after nine in the first hour of the program, and they, well, they had pretty, pretty much polar opposite views on the whole business of the COVID, uh, the COVID vaccine uh, debate. Here's a little of that conversation.
5: What I'm going to say to him, and I'm not, being, I'm not a rude person. He's deluded because, I mean, if you like. You've seen yourself on the television, you've seen India. you've seen America, and those poor, you know, in Italy. I mean, did that not register? What happened is horrific, do you know what I mean, the pandemic. But to see poor bodies being piled up and nowhere to put them, like, that was absolutely heartbreaking. It was like something in a horror movie. That's the only way I can describe it. I know know people who
4: feel that way too.
2: But do you think she's wrong, Stephen?
4: that's my issue is that you say vaccinated when this thing is a new thing this mRNA gene therapy thing isn't a vaccine
2: well it's not it's not not, not gene therapy well
4: it's some kind of it's it's not a vaccine it's not a a vaccine was always where you had a dead bit of a virus and they put it in the bottle in whatever they put it in Mm. and you got that and for for a long time people had great confidence in that thing Hmm. but this thing that
2: they're calling a vaccine, isn't that thing. And that's uh, Stephen speaking to us this morning. One of our listeners was on pretty much immediately afterwards to say why wasn't Stephen testing himself when he said he had the flu? He could have had COVID. And what about the rest of us? Uh, isolation to protect others. And he could have been spreading it to the vulnerable. It was a pandemic and everybody had to play their parts." So very, very mixed views on all of that uh, this morning. And still more. Uh, coming into us and again we'll bring them to you before the end of uh, the programme. Uh, you can text and WhatsApp oh eight three three double one double three double one.
1: Legal Discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors, Clan Mel on the web at Lynch lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com
2: John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors is with me, the man who came in from the cold. It's rather yeah. miserable out there There's John. It's
13: out there. It's a uh, good soft uh, I've listened to your uh, tech guru there and I was thinking to myself um, well I wasn't thinking to myself Um, I was thinking to myself yesterday when I was looking for something on the internet I was just thinking how the world has transformed itself in the last what 10 years 15 years Mm. almost everything now you google it I mean I I have a I had a mental picture of kids in school with their phones under the desk googling something while the teacher was telling them something, and then saying but Google says that whatever, and I'm just thinking as well that in all the years that I've been practicing law, practicing I'm never I'm never going to get the hang of it, but uh, the number of people that used to come into you you know and you knew well when they came into you that. They had advisors, if you know what I mean, and quite often it used to be what we called barstool lawyers, Mm, if you know what I mean, people who would have been through whatever it was previously, and you kind of knew when you were talking to them that they had a certain amount of uh, information which is fine or else they'd be bringing somebody in with them who'd be a barrister or a lawyer and all all fine in my earlier days i used to be very intolerant of us you know yes. thinking how dare you kind of thing now i just think it <clears> assists and it can it can be quite helpful you know as long as it doesn't completely dominate the conversation if you know what i mean but uh, it's it's really interesting cuz now your speaker was talking about your guest was talking about um you know how we're getting the news now via Mm. not so much uh, Google as, well, maybe Google, but certainly Twitter and that, and how it's so difficult. must be really, really difficult for people now with the amount of information that's out there on anything and the amount of different people that are giving opinions about different things and the amount of people that are offering you advice about different Mm. things. It's very hard sometimes. I mean, you know the way when you Google something you get, 40 YouTube videos on it, and whatever. And it's, you know, by the time you're on the second video, you're totally confused. You're bam- bamboozled you know, by it all. Bamboozled yeah. by it. So yeah. I just wonder how many how many people, when they come into me now, have Googled it <laughs> before. Well, I, I was
2: going to ask you that are you like the GP that, that people come into you with opinions more than coming in to look for yours? Like, if you know.
13: Well, yeah, well, I mean, you you have a wide divergence of people that come Mm. into you, obviously, um, from the people who have researched it. Now, I actually enjoy the people who have researched it because to a certain extent, if people come with a degree of knowledge to the particular Mm. problem, Mm. well, then it's a collaborative approach. You can, uh, like, well, what they start doing is testing to see how well you know it. Yes. You know, it's kind of like you feel like you're... You're you're, you're, you're under examination. Yes. If you know what I mean, but that's fine. Once you get past the test, then it can become quite useful right. because then you can you. But the problem, like all of us, when we're trying to study something, and it's it's true of of lawyers as well. I mean, the amount of times that I have to go back and re-study something mm. that you should imagine I should know. And I'm never. I mean, I have. I have certainly got to the stage now, where I say, well, I, I really can't give you an answer on that unless I check it, mm. because I could be. I could be mistaken. I could misread something. Mm. I always remember. You um, know, I'm, I'm. I was going to say, <laughs> I managed to get out of it, but I remember I was running a case once, and I studied the law on it, and we were coming up to a hearing on it. And I re-studied the law on it, and I got it wrong when I read it the first time. So when I was, so you can imagine, if I'm running a case, thinking that I've done a, a kind of a risk assessment on the outcome, and I'm telling the client, "Well, I think actually, you know, you should be fine here," but you know, you could, you can get it wrong. You certainly can get it wrong. But the question I have is, does Google ever get it wrong? Which sure, of course it gets it wrong. Yeah, of course,
2: of course it gets it wrong. I mean, right throughout COVID, we saw that. People were influenced by so many mm. uh, opinions that mm. were available. Um, you mm. know. And well, I'm
13: given. I'm. Uh, uh, did you say that was the Talbot Hotel was for the. Yes, oh, for... Yeah, yes. I'll almost get into that. I wouldn't mind going up. I'm up there on Thursday night, Are I you? think. Oh, gee, you'll, you'll the have the to. The ICA... Give yeah ah, well, talk. you
2: could do with a lot of old fitness. I, I'll <laughs> give you advice on fitness if you, if, if you want to. Um, you're going to talk to us anyway, today... Anyway, sorry. No, no, no problem yeah. at all. You're going to talk to us about wills, but a certain aspect of wills, and I suppose the question is, you know, is a will set in stone yeah. when somebody passes yeah. away, or can it be looked exactly. at? Exactly. Can you...
13: Yeah, it's 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 a very good one, a very interesting one. You know, can you actually change a will? I mean, you can do in the UK for example, you can do a deed of variation on a will. So you can actually change a will in the UK under certain limited circumstances. Uh but in Ireland you can't. Once a will is made, a will is made. Uh but the question there is you can't actually change the will, but you could change the effect of the will. So what I mean by that is that the most obvious kind of mechanism to change a will would be and like you know you probably have to ask yourself the question why would one want to change a will well I mean the two the two scenarios that kind of come to mind straight away is that maybe the will doesn't reflect what the person intended because they might have made it years and years and years ago and therefore what's in the will isn't actually what the person who made it thought should have happened should happen mm. if you know what I mean so and and it 's one of the reasons why you would always say that you should review your wills on a regular basis because if you were, if you've made a will twenty years ago, I mean things change fairly dramatically and not even so much dramatically they just changed as a matter of life. children grow up, uh you know different children need to be looked after differently, etc, so you know it might be that the will is it just doesn 't reflect what the person intended. Mm. And therefore you may have to to change it as in change the 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 effect of it the other the other, so there's two kind of tools that you can use uh to change the will my preferred uh option, and I think the preferred option would be what we call a disclaimer and i mean effectively what a disclaimer does is it is it basically somebody says i'm not." I'm not going to accept the gift. So where you might have a situation where, now this obviously you've got to look at the circumstances in each case and decide <clears throat> how you're going to work these things because a disclaimer is where, let's say I have Johnny and Anne and I leave it to both of them equally and it turns out that Johnny is very well off and Anne isn't so well off and uh, the two siblings want to help each other out. So one could disclaim their gift under a will, which effectively means that it, it the, the will the, gi- the will is neutralized. It neutralizes the transfer to John, mm. so that his gift then. And this is where. You kind of have to be, you know. Although it seem, seems fairly straightforward, I think you have to watch to see what happens if one of the family members or one of the beneficiaries—we call them beneficiaries—because uh, that's the term for whoever gets a benefit under the will. Mm-hmm. So the beneficiaries are a beneficiary if they disclaim. You've got to watch to see what happens if. So if somebody releases the gift that they're getting under will, then. What happens is the law kicks in to determine where that that benefit goes, so you have to be careful as to where the benefit goes because it may not go where you where you want it to go because it could, for example, the other term that's commonly used in a will is the residuary clause. So whatever's left over, where does it go? So you mm. often have a will that says, "I give everything to," or sorry, "I give him house to," to. Johnny, I give uh, cash to Mary uh, and I give whatever. And then at, at the last bit of the will says and everything else I divide equally among all my children. So that's called the residuary clause. So you have to be very careful that you actually want the gift if it's, if you release the gift that where does it go? So you watch where does it go if you disclaim it. And does
2: it automatically go into that pot, for example, if that uh, little uh, pieces Benefit. there at the end yeah. of the...
13: Yeah, if it, is, it, if it is, it goes into the pot, as you yes. say. But the thing is that you can't disclaim and say, like if you have Mary, Johnny, Peter and Paul, you can say, I'm disclaiming this gift and I want Paul to get it.
2: Ah, that was that's going to be my key. next question to you. Okay, so you can't appoint somebody or anoint Correct. somebody with
13: that's that. Okay. The, that's the absolute key to it, is okay. that you can't, like let's say you've... Johnny, Mary, Paul, and I'm after renaming all the beneficiaries. Well, anyway, and you want to? It's Paul that needs to be looked after. Let's say um, you can't simply say, "Well, I want him to get it." It doesn't work like that. So that's why you have to be careful about it. And but the important thing about the disclaimer as well is that the third reason that you might um, do use these these mechanisms. To vary the impact of a will or the what are the consequences of a will. The other one is tax because, mm-hmm. and as we all know, tax is a very favoured subject in Ireland. Almost ranks up there with rights away. But anyway, um, but it's always something that you have to watch because again. You can either use you you can use it, but you could also walk into the ultimate wall of a swinging door of tax, if you know what I mean. Because by by disclaiming it, you might increase tax, you might decrease tax, you might make more liability to tax. But the the thing to remember is that a disclaimer has the has a neutral effect on tax from the point of view of the person who is releasing the interest. So without getting too bogged down in the tax thing, we you've got three kind of taxes leaving out aside, uh, you know, property taxes and things mm-hmm. like that, but leaving those aside for a second you do have your main kind of taxes that you've got to look at when you're dealing with succession. And, in fact, when you're dealing with land or transfers or whatever, you've got capital gains tax, you've got gift tax, and you've got stamp duty. So you've always got to keep your eye on what's the impact of whatever you do from a tax point of view. And again, you know, one of of my pet uh, subjects at the moment is to try and look at the overall area of succession, not just solely from a tax point of view or not just solely from a legal point of view, you know, but to try and... And the third element... To succession is the family circumstances. So you're kind of, you're trying to balance all those things. You're trying to balance well, what happens in, from a tax point of view, what happens from a family point of view, you know, and you know, what's the legal consequences of this. So all the time when you're doing succession planning, you mm. have to watch. So you might want to benefit Johnny or Paul, as I was saying, but you might and you might be looking at it from a tax point of view but from a family point of view it might be disastrous it might cause all sorts of problems so when you're doing you know it's one of the challenges, hmm. I think, when you're doing succession planning. But with with close
2: family, John, isn't there, I mean, there's, there's little tax implication, is it not? Up to a certain point, that's my up understanding. Up to a threshold, yeah, to a threshold a, yeah. That's
13: capital acquisitions tax, though, yeah. not capital gains tax for stamp Yes. Like, let's just move to the second tool that you might use, and that is, let's say you can choose a disclaimer. Now, as I said to you, my the favourite favorite of the two, if you're going to have, be favouring one Tool over another. The favoured tool is the disclaimer, rather than because the disclaimer is neutral, the 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 person isn't liable, you know. And as well as that, the person who gets the the gift, the benefit, takes it from the original person, i.e. the person who made the will. If Mm. you know, and don't forget, by the way, that we need to be careful. One needs to be careful when you're talking about this because we always talk about wills but you always have the situation where there's no will and you can also disclaim. It used to be, it was uh, a problem uh, when I started practice first as to whether you could in fact disclaim Something. If if there was no will, in other words, if it was if it was under law, you were getting it under the under the rules of law. And the question out, out there abroad was, could you disclaim, hmm. or could you partially disclaim, or whatever? And the answer uh, has been an act now made into law that you can actually disclaim under an intestacy, oh, right. e- even what, if there's not a will. Yeah, no, even if there's not a will. Yeah. But the other the other thing, the big one to watch there, are the big kind of. Cautionary element to that is that if you disclaim and you're not a spouse or a, a lineal ancestor, mm. which is great fun trying to figure that one and Google mm. that one now in your spare time. But if so, parent or mm. you're looking at above, you move up the line rather than down the line. But if you do, if you were to disclaim in an intestacy, you end up disinheriting your own uh children for example oh, you break church, the chain you break the chain oh, cuz there's a yeah and it's like it's, the reason it was brought in was for tax reasons yes. but but it is Hugely relevant from the point of view of somebody, as I said to you, to go back to the basics on this is why am I disclaiming? I might be disclaiming right. because I want you to benefit,
2: and and just disclaim is is, is, is a nice to way of saying just, I, I don't want. I don't that. want it. I'm i don't want not. Want that. Okay. Which you're entitled to say. Mm, I don't yes. want it.
13: But the big, the big, big no-no there is that if you're if you're thinking of it going down to your children or grandchildren, if it's an intestacy, you've effectively cut off that line. If you do it, so you, you need to be very careful. The other interesting thing, because it, when I was looking for case law on the whole area of disclaimers, mm. there's a decision um, of the court that was dealing with the whole area of disclaimers. But it was what was even more interesting about it was it was dealing with whether you could reverse a disclaimer if you know what I mean. So if somebody... Change your mind. No, not you, but could somebody else come in? And what I mean by somebody else, I'll give you... I'll let, Let's be specific about it for yes. a second. It was an interesting case because and one that you wouldn't you'd be kind of going jeepers. It was an MIBI case and a case taken by the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland against beneficiaries who had disclaimed their interest in their mother's estate and how and why they disclaimed their interest uh, was, well, this is, this is the thrust of it. The reason was that uh, their mother uh, was involved in a road traffic accident, uninsured, and got, it, there was an uninsured situation so, which brings in the MIBI, the mm. Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland, that covers uninsured driving situations. A large amount of money was, was paid out uh, on, a, on a case. Uh, The woman died, made a will, leaving the money to beneficiaries under the will. Yes. The beneficiaries disclaimed because the MIBI were after the money, if that's not putting Mm -hmm. it too crudely, because they were looking to recover the money. Because one of the things that we often forget is that if you die, deaths don't die with you. If you know what I mean, people can still pursue your estate for debts. So that's what MIBI were doing. They were pursuing. They were looking to recover the money that they had paid out on behalf under the uninsured fund against somebody who had succeeded. Wow. Yeah. So you. didn't re- know they could do that. Oh, they can, and they and they do. They they will often like if you're an uninsured driver, you're involved in an accident, and the MIBI have to go in there and cover you mm. for it under a fund that was set up. This is a fund, uh, I mean, I'm digressing here, but I mean, in an in, in a situation where insurance is so critical for road traffic accidents, for victims of road traffic accidents, they set up a fund some considerable number of years ago which is funded by the insurance companies and they all put in a certain amount into this fund yes. and then you can access the fund for uh, to cover victims of mm. uninsured drivers. But if you are the uninsured driver, the MIBI can Come after you, and they will often look to s- get the uninsured driver to sign an indemnity to say that they can pursue them. So, often and more often than not, and without appearing to generalize it, uh, so people aren't good marks. You know, when we talk about the word, the term good mark, they often have nothing. They're uninsured drivers, I suppose, for all sorts of reasons. Mm. But, but it's not an uncommon reason that you're an uninsured driver because you don't have a huge amount of money. Of course, so, yeah. therefore, the MIBI won't. And can't, but where you're in a situation where uh, you you do have money, when they they will chase and they will. But come if you after. own a
2: home, you okay. Oh, you yeah. might you might have Correct. cash, but Correct. if you own your home yeah. and that's sold yeah. afterwards, yeah. They, yeah. they they can they pursue. Could,
13: they could they could pursue. Ah. it, yeah, they could it, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in this particular case, uh, the beneficiaries thought, and the judge now, the court didn't make a determination on it, but it's fairly obvious <laughs> that that's where they reversed the the under, Char sixteen thirty four an act of sixteen thirty four or something like that, by Charles King Charles, whereby if you do as, if you do a disposition or do a transaction, that is done with a view to defrauding, a creditor. Yes, the creditor can reverse the transaction. So the the MBI were going in to reverse, the disclaimer. And the reason they were reversing the disclaimer is that they, so they could access the funds of the estate. So that's that's right. That's the important so that's here. why the disclaimer was there. That's right. So, Aye. but the other thing, of course, is that if you don't, if you're not in disclaiming territories, so in other words, if you can't use a disclaimer, you. The other one that's commonly used is um, a deed of family arrangement or a deed of family settlement. Or uh, a deed of family arrangement is normally the one that I use. Now, the deed of family arrangement is does have tax consequences because more often than not, when you're doing a deed of family arrangement, uh, you're you're not in the disclaim territory. So you're in an, an arrangement that's been done by the family. They get together and they decide that they're going to change the terms of the will between them. Now it's you know because it's it's commonly the case that people think that a will is cast in stone mm. that you can't change it, mm. and sometimes Jerry it, it can be convenient not to change it, but you can certainly, you can use a deed of family arrangement in order to change it. Now, if you do do that, the thing to remember, or not the thing to remember, but one of the kind of legal uh, elements to it is that you don't, and this used to be a big debate, I remember in my early years when I was doing this was, because I remember for some reason it was very common. when I, I, I practiced in Sligo for two years. That's where I started. And, jeez, the family settlement were all over the place. They were everywhere. For whatever reason, in, in when I was in Sligo, whether it's a West of Ireland scenario, but it was quite very... Was it, yeah? ...quite usual for them to change the terms of will... Why I, I didn't? Was that because I, of land issues? I'm not sure. Or, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't. It's forty-some odd years ago, so I can't. I yeah. can't remember. And at that stage, I was a very young fledgling solicitor, so I just simply did the job. I didn't hmm. yeah. a, analyze it too much. But the thing is that you can use that as a mechanism to alter the terms of the will between the beneficiaries. Right, and simplify
2: you, that. That's where the family come to an agreement. The family
13: come that? to an agreement and they decide that you know, the house was left to all of them equally, for example, but one of them is in America, one of them is the UK or one is in Australia. Mm. Australia now is the the place to be really isn't Mm. it? So one of them is in Australia and they're not going to come back. So they've no interest in the family home. They're well off, you know, they're Mm. they're quite happy and whatever or the situations that you might two or three of them, one is a house and the other's a house and at the time when the will was made the parents were trying to look after the ones that didn't have that yes, kind of thing yeah. so you know you know you can vary that and you can sort that out and you can change it you can vary it and one of the things and the most important thing to remember when you're doing these kind of arrangements is you you you, you need to check in advance um the implications the tax implications of it but the other thing is, and just so go back to the disclaimer for a second. When you're, you cannot disclaim if you've accepted. So, if you, for example, got, let's say, a rental property in the will or something, and you're accepting the rent during the course of, while well, the estate has been probated, you know you've accepted the gift accept effectively, and you can't disclaim. So you need to be very careful not to, to make the decision to disclaim early in the All process. Right. okay.
2: So if you benefit from a rental income it, or anything like that. Yeah, or it, if,
13: you ta- if you take the benefit, you can't suddenly say, well, actually, i thought about it now. I don't actually need it or I don't okay. want it or whatever. You can't do it after the, after accepting it. That's the important thing. To, another important element of disclaimers that you need to bear in mind. But in the family settlement scenario or the family arrangement scenario, you need to, to watch how you... Kind of deal with the arrangement, how you how you set it up, because sometimes, and again, I'll I'll finish on this, but sometimes it's important to remember that in a an arrangement situation, you can, you know, not instead of doing like in in the case of a disclaimer, it's usually you release the gift and that's the end of it. Mm. But in an arrangement, you might partially release it. So in other words, what you might do is you might I might say to you, well, okay. I'll transfer the house to you, Fran, but you pay me X yes. on it. So you can do it for consideration. So that has the implication that that can affect your tax threshold. So course, yeah. I might do it, I might. you might pay me up to the level of of, my, of the exempt tax threshold. So, therefore, partially it's exempt. So, it's a really interesting way... It's a minefield, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it, but it is... A, well, yeah, it's a minefield, but the rules are... Like, tax rules are very... Straightforward. Well, yeah. you, a lot of people would argue they're not straightforward, but there, there are exemptions, there are rules. There, you have to deal with them, and you must be aware of what those rules are. Probably worth another look, maybe in the next time we're talking about it.
2: Absolutely, because, because I presume there's much more on 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 this that wills can be attacked for all sorts
13: of. Oh, there's multiple reasons. ways I mean, of dealing with. It. Yeah. Well, well, there's a whole plethora of. Mm. ways of going at it. I mean, and that's exactly it. You, I mean, you've got your legal rights share, for example. Mm. Where a spouse can appropriate, you've got the power of appropriating the family home. Mm. You know, you've got your section 117, which is your claim by your child. You've got your co mm. uh, entitlements and under And did you will. tell me oh. years ago,
2: is it promissory where so you've, been yeah, yeah. you've been promised promissory, something? Correct. You've been promised something, but the will doesn't reflect Correct.
13: that in Correct. Some way, so yeah. you have the whole area of estoppel, which is literally, as you say, a promise that w- that hasn't been fulfilled yes. under the will and you can deal with it like that. But you've got all sorts of... I mean, it's a fascinating area. There's a new book brought out by... Um, I was looking at it there this morning. Brought out by our former... Uh, a in bankruptcy who is now retired who wrote this absolutely really, really good book on succession law. I don't think you can Google it but you can certainly buy the book. But uh, he covers a multitude of areas. Like, I mean, in, like there's the whole area of redemption. There's the whole area that if a gift fails, there's the whole area if, for example, there isn't enough money in the estate. I mean, it's just... It's It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing.
2: So you you'll go back to that,
13: will you, for us next next time around All right. Okay. Uh,
2: Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors in uh, Clonmel 007 I just see some uh, some um, questions in for John as well. We'll put that to him, and he can maybe have a look at them uh, next time round. News and information is coming up at top of the hour. Not right now because we're going to some live music in just a little while.
0: The Imro Radio Award winning tip today.
1: With Slattery's Garage Puck On. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage Puck On. Choose from petrol, diesel, or fully electric. Slattery's Garage.
0: The Imro Radio Award-winning tip today.
1: With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie
2: All right, it's time for a treat. We get away from COVID, we get away from legal issues, we get away from all of that now. And uh, in studio, some fantastic musicians. And they make up a group called Miscellany, of folk and uh, they're well known to you individually Billy Sutton is with us and uh, multi-instrumentalist indeed Benny McCarthy, you know very well indeed uh, as a marvellous box player and uh, more and singer-guitarist Eddie Costello with us as well so good morning to you all lads and thanks very much indeed I have some cheek to ask musicians in at this hour to play music (laughs) and and chat and everything it is unusual Uh, Benny Miscellany of folk do you want to do you want to take that first of all do you want to explain that (laughs)
14: Well, I think Eddie Costello actually gives a very fine explanation of it. Eddie, Eddie Costello, what about Eddie? A very fine
2: fine explanation (laughs) of that, Eddie. Please, it's
0: kind of like this, friend. (laughs) Um, Eddie, do you ever hear the word mélange? Mélange, no, but I love it. French word meaning variety. Okay, kind of, and I learned it from a chef. He said mélange of vegetables. Very good. We didn't think it was apt for a kind of folky band, right? So Benny then came up with. (laughs) Sp- <laughs> right?
2: But initially it was a melange of folk. Well,
0: we had we had hawed. This,
2: this, <laughs> ju- this program has just lifted in terms of <laughs> class, Eddie, just you com- go? completely. Yeah. And so, so that's where Miscellany come from.
14: Yeah, well, sure. Look, it gives us a bit of a free rein. Um, we put it together for a tour. We did in Newfoundland. It mm. was just an idea. All three of us had done records, albums during the kind of lockdown, you know, yeah. and. Uh, and again, a variety of different kind of folk. You know, there's a big genre and folk yeah. folk. So we said, yeah, sure. If we call it a miscellany folk, you never know what it's going to sound like. Like I'm mostly traditional Irish player. Billy plays everything. Ad yeah. sings all sorts of folk varieties songs. So you know, what when you combine just- it, it just gives a. That sounds a fantastic. bit of cracking. And
2: of course, one of the reasons you're here is to promote the fact that you're in Carehouse. This coming Thursday night, I That's think. right,
14: we're there is Thursday it? night, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have a tour coming up. We have, we have seven or eight dates coming up. Uh, kind of around, I suppose, the south of Ireland. Mm. Uh, we're on Cork on Wednesday. And then we have um, uh, Care Thursday night. Next, week, next Tuesday we're in Dungarvan. And then we're in Waterford City on Wednesday. We're down in Wexford and... I can't y'all. remember after that one y'all and, yeah. and we're That's heading so to Loch
2: Gordon sure. to That's finish up. Great. I presume there's a website that people can have a look at or a Facebook <laughs> or something. Is there? There's, there's a
14: Facebook, all right. Yeah, yeah. That's the best website we have. Yeah. <laughs> he
2: just he just shakes his head at me. Yeah. A lot. Listen, <laughs> when you play is a tune? Because we need a treat after the budget yeah. and blooming COVID and I know. You know, all of these Briggs and We'll, one we'll thing try
14: and a few day. tunes. Well Billy's Billy's after coming and flew all the way from Newfoundland
2: there yesterday.
14: So I, I just think love Newfoundland. Billy. Oh, did they there again? Um okay. We'll try a few of his tunes. Yeah. He, he wrote these tunes. They're, they're Newfoundland singles, lively ones. So we'll try it a minute.
8: Yeah.
2: stuff altogether. That's absolutely <coughs> brilliant. They're your own tunes, Billy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. It's great. They'd be kind of similar to polkas. Polkas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Faster polkas over home. We call them singles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you call it over there. Yeah, yeah. It? Singles. singles. Yeah, right. Mm. Is that referring to the dance that you dance to it or? Uh,
3: no, I think the singles. It's a weird. We have tunes that are like there's there's polkas and and slides. Yeah.
10: The
2: equivalent over home would be singles and doubles and reels like back not nowadays but years ago like the officers they call them singles doubles and reels they call them triples and I never knew until recently why they call them that but it has to do with the amount of beats that are in between the ones. Okay. So like a, sing- like a single is one, two, one, two, one, two. So there's one beat in between the ones. Right, so that's your triplet, isn't it? Right, is so there, like the yeah. jigs, like a double or the slides, one, two, three, one, two, three, they call them doubles, because there's two beats between the ones and the reels, oh, one, two, good. three, four, same sort mm-hmm. of thing. Very good indeed. Yeah. Please tell me that Newfoundland is the same as when, when I was last there, which is a mm-hmm. lot of years ago now, but I mean that even, you know, in young people's nightclubs there's, there's still folk music being played, you know? There is, yeah, there's, there's Quite a healthy uh, uh, folk music scene in St. John's
3: uh, at the moment, especially like in the last 10 or 15 years. There's, I'd say,
2: for for a town of, I don't know, probably a couple of hundred thousand people around St. John's, really is all it is. Mm. There's probably six to seven
3: sessions weekly in is different, that, different places. That amazing, yeah,
2: yeah. and of course, the Ryans from Tipperary did so well over there over the years as well. They yeah, yeah. they home mm-hmm. there, indeed. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. loads of Ryans. Yeah, All right, uh, Benny, will we have something else? Will we have another piece? I don't think a song there from it would be nice, uh, it. wouldn't it? Wouldn't be great, yeah. i just got to tune up here for a second, Fred. I'm trying to do it this screen <laughs> People can you. talk away among themselves while you're doing the end, that. Yeah. You know? English that that's yeah. not English a bottle at um, all. Um, and uh, just in terms of tickets, can you get them ahead of time for that gig and care house? You can. Well,
14: uh, um, McHart and Care Coltis are presenting the... The concert in right, um, very good. in uh, in care, you know, and uh, yeah, you can check out online
2: and. You right. know the, okay, and can you, you get tickets on the night? Or I'd you know? say so, yeah. yeah. Okay.
14: Well, you never know. It <laughs>. might be like Garrett Brooks.
2: <laughs> Did we stop at the door and say Full House? Yeah, sorry, Full House. I always love having trad music in here because, you know, you ask them, <coughs> well, what about tickets? Oh, I don't know about that really. You know, I know, yeah, a, cause it's, uh, a oh, it's, it's a just different crack. Actually, yeah,
14: yeah. Yeah. Well, we play anywhere. We love playing music.
2: Well, the uh, standard of that beautiful playing at the start that you're going to have people flocking there I promise you anyway
14: Eddie are you all tuned I am kind of think I'm close to your friend
0: because I do use a different couple of tunes yes you know here's a song I did uh, recorded up at Benny's and uh, one uh, Dirk Powell song you know the one song called Waterbone anyway this is our bit of a our take on it That I'm a waterman and I can't get home
2: Mighty sound. It's a mighty sound indeed. Are you think you've all collaborating on maybe an album, Benny or is I it too, so, too early we're, to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, we're talking
14: about it. Like we kind of I suppose we put we put the act together for that tour in Newfoundland. Yeah. Just myself and Billy were actually supposed to do a tour during the pandemic and um and since, you know, the pandemic then Eddie we built a record and worked with Eddie on, on his record and you know Eddie did a few Newfoundland songs, Mm. you know, Ron Hines songs on Mm. his record and we were always talking about Newfoundland and I was kind of, Eddie was saying it could be great to go over. Mm. So the Folk Festival in Newfoundland um, asked us to do it and uh, so I thought it'd be Great to yeah. bring a singer and a great guitar for a legati cast.
2: over. Yeah. Yeah, None better.
0: People ever thinking of somewhere to go, somewhere different. It's coming a, a little closer
2: to that for me. Eddie. Sorry,
0: if people yeah. are ever looking for somewhere different to go on a holiday, it's, the it's most wonderful, place.
2: isn't it? It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. just brilliant. I loved I every love moment there. out there. You it loved just, it, Eddie. Yeah, I loved it, yeah. 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 I fell in love with it. Yeah. 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 Um, so Thursday night, what what other gigs do you want to just make men- make mention of? Or did you say Lockgorris well, only? You do? Yeah, we're in Lockgorris there on Sunday. We're up in the.
14: Uh, the Visitor Centre in yeah. Love
2: Gore. Beautiful.
14: Right yeah, yeah, so it's lovely. I, I don't know, they're, 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 this might be a, one of our first gigs, I think. In, a, they're yeah. thinking of doing some concerts there. So. Right. Um, so that's where we finish off, yeah. Um, uh, Dungarvan next Tuesday night. And um, where, where in Dungarvan? Where we're playing upstairs in Mary's Uh, there's a kind of a singers club Dungarvan singers club and we're kind of guests they have a monthly kind of gathering Yes. so we're going down to do a a guest feature at that
8: Okay.
14: and then we're in Cattyberry's in Waterford so that'll be fun on Wednesday night we're down in Carrick and Bano down in County Wexford.
2: Wow, you're really getting around, aren't you? Well, we are, yeah. It's, great, yeah? it's
14: all the places that are kind of connected, I suppose, with the Newfoundland thing as well, you know. Um, yeah, of course, we- Wex- Wexford
2: is a huge connection, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? Wexford and Waterford do its yeah. uh, Newfoundland as well. Okay, yeah. so this coming Thursday night, though, Care House, eight o'clock there. Tickets from may- maybe Mick and Mary? Yeah, uh, yeah.
14: exactly. They're okay. care quarters. Oh, yeah, right, okay. yeah,
2: exactly. Marvellous yeah. stuff. We-, we have about Three three minutes up. Could we have another? We will
14: polkas, would we? Yeah, we'll try, we'll try a couple of polkas. These were a couple of polkas I put in my own solo album, and we kind of we decided to make a little, a little
2: arrangement of that. Poor, 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 poor Eddie has to change tuning again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He because he cares. <laughs> it was grand when you bought
14: it. I'd say. I know. It was grand. You <laughs> find close enough. <laughs> so right Nice. Yeah. Nice. Right. Two, two, two. Yeah. Nice. Right.
2: altogether. Mm-hmm. Vesela of folk there that's Benny McCarthy, Billy Sutton and uh, Eddie Costello as well. We wish you well lads, it's a great sound. Thanks a real treat for us for today Thank as you well. Thank you very Thank much, you very much indeed. Um, uh, Thursday night Carehouse Hotel, 8 o'clock there you won't be turning away from the door I would imagine if you make your way there on Thursday night. That's it for me. Mary Ryan has uh, won our prize in association with the friends at the Talbot uh, Fitness Centre in Clonmel. Emma produced, Ali looks after her content. Stephen is on the way with the time tunnel and I'll talk to you uh, tomorrow, where we'll have a look at uh, all the uh, benefits that we'll all be enjoying from Budget 2023. Look after yourselves, bye bye.
1: Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, Poke On, you can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today 067 24111 or ie.